Hey there, I'm here to announce the new Duck Bundle. That's right, the Diggity Duck Bundle 3 is now available. Uh, we have taken the audio from this year's Duck Fest and packaged all of it up. Nearly six hours of live shows. They're very fun. And you can get all of it for $10 up to any amount you want. Because like every Duck Bundle, all of the proceeds from this are going to a charity. This year it is Raices. Uh, an organization that provides legal support for immigrants and refugees at the border. So go to duckfeed.tv slash duckbundle to get the audio and have a good time and support a good cause. Thank you. Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Fire Emblem, The Sacred Stones, which is a tactical RPG developed by Intelligent Systems and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy Advance in 2004. Yeah. Uh, and this is an executive produced episode. So big thanks to mm-hmm. Ben Sapatka. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Um, And this is our first Fire Emblem game as well. Uh, The second entry of the series to come to America. But this is a thing Nintendo has been doing for a while. Yep. Yeah, this is uh, this is a weird. So, you know, two thirds of, you know, basically the three parts of me preparing for this episode was, you know, one third playing the game. One third kind of doing kind of research looking into the series, which is a series that I'd always, you know, if you ask me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I like that series. But I'd really only played three games right. uh, in it. Um, and then the other third was kind of looking into the the kind of history and legacy and fandom mm-hmm. of this game, which is a real uh, cult yes. series, like a, a cult classic. Yeah. Um, and this one, the second entry to come to America, uh, this is the one I'd played, Awakening, and then the one before this, the uh, the first GBA one. Just Fire uh, Emblem, where, although it is called the Blazing Blade or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I think I think that's exactly it. Um, those are the, the, the three I had played. Um, this is the second one that people suggest as an entry point and the one people suggest as an entry point often in like Fire Emblem Classic. Yes. It is a weirdly bisected series, which we will we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, so because of the, you know, of that ravenous fan base that we know of, um, because of the intricacy of this game, uh, we, you know, I want to lay down at the frontier that we know you're very passionate about it. However, we are generally novices. I've only played, you know, most of the previous, most of the Blazing Blade, uh, prior to this. Um, mm-hmm. there, you know, there are just things that we're going to miss and that's kind of going to have to be okay. 
there's stuff that, that we're definitely going to miss. And there are things that I have taken, um, you know, some steps to try to understand about it. And there are just some things that uh, are an appeal that I there, there are parts of it that I don't get. There mm-hmm. are parts of it that I definitely do get. Um, I just want to do the, the blanket caveat. Some people get mad at us when we do this. Some people get mad when we don't. Um, so I'm just going to err on the side of doing it. Of uh, None of this is personal. Like there are design decisions that are uh, inherent in this game and this section of the series that I don't like. Like mm-hmm. they're just things I don't like. And I have just like straight up asked a lot of people like, hey, what is cool about this to you? Yeah. So I can speak to it, but it, I don't <laughs> feel the same way. Yeah. You know, so I just I just don't want anyone, least of all Ben, to feel bad about it mm-hmm. uh, that I didn't come away digging some of the things that are what is special about this this series. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're going to miss some stuff. We're also going and, and some of it is uh, like explicitly esoteric and kind of hidden. Like mm-hmm. there's a degree of min maxing possible in this series and this entry specifically that I did not engage with. Right. Um, you know, my time on earth is finite. Uh, so I was not about to grind up supports no. or look up how to optimize supports. Um, and, you know, you can make an argument that if I had some of the, the frustrations might've been assuaged. You can also make the argument that like that kind of time investment and looking for outside knowledge from the game is a unreasonable ask. Yes. You know, to, to get to those parts. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can see, I can see both arguments so we can speak to some of those intricacies, but we did, I, I can say I didn't fully engage with them. No, no. I got the ones that I got on accident and that felt cool and good. The thing about this is there are enough moving parts here that when there are collisions, it leads to something interesting and it's like, Oh, they accounted for that. That's cool. Um, yeah. you know, so this is rich with incident in a way that is kind of unexpected. Um, you know, yeah. like story stuff can happen on the battlefield, which is pretty cool. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like, we'll we'll talk about this as, as part of a later generality too. Yeah. Um, but the idea of confining everything, you know, there, there's kind of like almost a running list of things I have that I think are just really weird decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how I feel about them. And one of them is having everything happen on the battlefield. Yeah. Which we'll get to, but doing the character development, doing your shopping, doing your arena training, doing any of that stuff all within the battle interface Mm -hmm. is a strange decision. Yeah. Like it was a weird thing to sit down and be um, trying to win this battle, but also being like, I need to make sure these two characters talk about their uh, inability to do archery with each other. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and and it takes a turn. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a resource. It's not something that just happens. It's not something without cost. Right. Um, you know, it's something you do instead of advancing the game state. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I saw when I was looking up uh, people's takes about this, I found uh, a YouTuber whose name I can't recall right at this moment who talked about how Fire Emblem games are about um, balancing your immediate uh, game with the long game. So it is about beating the battle, but it's also about training and building your army mm-hmm. and doing all those things. And the interesting part of the game is balancing those two tensions. Hmm against each other and i think there's something to that it didn't get its hooks into me as like a particularly compelling way to do it yeah like i did not spend a lot of time focusing on that long game because it felt like it required knowledge from outside the game to kind of min max it right you know like i didn't just uh you know i still trained up units like i didn't just use the most powerful unit and and move through it because the game is designed to harshly punish that kind of behavior yeah um but I also did not like it's it's like they're weird. They're long, but designed to be replayed. Mm-hmm. 
you know, kind of like almost infinitely. Like that's something that the fandom loves about the the game. And, and I had this sense that like the ideal Sacred Stones experience is your second playthrough after you played it once. And I just yeah didn't want to play it again. Yeah, I, afterwards. Could, I could see that. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of that stuff we're going to get into. And as there's just kind of a blanket uh, thing, too, and this is uh, largely like I will bring this weakness to the table. This isn't on Cole. Uh, but when I play like I, you know, I play this in, in bed. On uh, on the my 3ds ambassador, I don't want to brag, but I am an ambassador. Ooh. Um, and the um, <laughs> excuse me, so, your highness. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, the uh, but I, I didn't take notes, so there are things of this that like run together pretty pretty hard in my head. Yeah. Uh, you know, missions that felt samey, and even characters that like get a kind of a sketch line in the beginning, but because I didn't develop their supports, um, I didn't get a really strong sense of them. And there's a thousand characters in this game, right? So there's things there's things that I definitely uh, forgot and missed and th- stuff. So we're, we're going to spend a lot of time on the generalities and kind of how the game works. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to the individual battles, it's going to move at a, a much faster clip. Yeah. Um, even though with the, the you know, with the, the statement that there is some pretty cool map design decisions yeah. being made in the game. A lot of times I did not appreciate them until after they were done or I saw something that contrasted with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is hard to me, hard for me to speak to at that individual level. It's much easier for me to speak to that in like a general sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. so let's get into it. Um, yeah. In this game, you play as the two remaining heirs of this medieval kingdom, uh, Renee, um, and you're commanding this army to fight back against an evil empire, uh, Grado, that has gone on the march. Yes. Yep. Has has broken bad. Yes. Um. And you'll spend most of your time in this game, as we mentioned, in combat, which is a, a tactics-based, uh, turn-based, tile-based grid map. Yes. Um, similar to other tactical RPGs you played, where each unit has a movement uh, and attack range. And generally, uh, you move, and then you attack, and your turn is over. There's some twists to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, each each unit, you know, straight up D&D gets a move and an attack. Mm-hmm. You know, a major and a minor action. Yes. Um, your side always gets uh, initiative. Everybody on your mm-hmm. team goes whatever order you want. Uh, it is move, then attack, and then the enemy goes in the same way. Yep. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I really like about this game, you know, because I, I, I didn't come away from this particular entry loving this really, um, but I want to make sure I call out the things I appreciate, mm-hmm. um, is how transparent. Oh, Yeah. Um, it is. I think this is really great. Um, there's, there's like shades of into the breach in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you attack, uh, you see your unit's kind of stat and equipment matched up against your enemies and see what that attack will look like. Right. Um, you'll see the damage that you're due, what your hit percentage is, what your critical chance is ahead of time. Yeah. Um, I think critical chance in this game undercuts this uh, foreknowledge quite a bit, actually. Yeah. But having that information be public um, and just before you commit, I think is a really cool choice. Yes. That way you don't waste a, you don't waste a turn um, when you're not aware of an item that that uh, enemy is carrying. Although you can yep. just inspect that enemy and see what they've got, yep. um, you know, but if you're going to go up and attack and you're only going to do two damage, well, that's dumb because you just left yeah. yourself wide open. You can just back out of the action and then move somebody else up to attack that guy uh, who is, uh, you know, going to be better suited for it. Um, yes. which yeah, give, give me that information. Like, let me agonize over those choices without agonizing over the results. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's, it's, it's really great. Um, and it doesn't feel like there's an awful lot of like, okay, 95% chance to hit, uh, and then you miss, like, there's not like a lot of XCOM kind of stuff happening here. Yeah. 
Yeah, th- th- the odds seemed pretty, pretty legit. Yeah. In it. Um, it does, you know, uh, like at, at some point during this, we'll have to talk about the, the role of critical hits. Yeah. In this game in general, because, you know, something like that can have a 10 percent chance. And like, yes, the 10 percent is really a 10 percent. But mm-hmm. I've had, you know, a 10 show up on a D10 enough times to know that happens. Yeah. And uh, they are uniformly devastating yeah in this game in both directions in a way that plays into the meta which i want to talk about a little Mm -hmm. bit later but just yes the the odds follow the odds but a 90 percent chance uh when your unit is on the line Mm -hmm. is not like good enough i guess like to 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 attack with confidence really yeah are critical hits always always an instant kill for me that was the case but no they're they're not they're not meant to be yeah um but in practice they often are yeah I just, um, and this, <laughs> the, yeah. just the, the, there were a handful of times where I was, you know, 40 minutes into a fight uh, and the enemy procced a critical hit on Erica or Ephraim and boop, yeah. I got to start it over. Well, fuck me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that fuck me, I guess, feeling, yeah. which I get like, again, I, we got to get through some more basics, too. But it's a, <laughs> a big problem I have with this game. Yeah. Um, there are critical hits that are instant deaths. Um, you can get an assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, is one of the trainable classes, and they have a chance. Um, I think it's fifty percent on regular units and twenty five percent on bosses mm. to do an instant death when they get a crit. Nice, um, which is a, a pretty cool build that I read about more than I used. Yeah, because I ended up making my 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 little guy an assassin, mm-hmm. but I did not. Uh, you know, he was also not super strong, so yeah, he was largely benched mm-hmm. until I, eventually he died. I think I think he's one of my units who died. Oh yeah. Um, when you attack, uh, you get this little cutaway screen. And this little music sting that is like pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like the image of this, like the graphics of this game in general are appealing and beautiful. Yeah. And the attack animations are amazing. They're so good. I love the spells. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The spells look so good. They all, they do these, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the frames, like the action frames really mm-hmm. well, the keyframes are just like absolutely just like feel like best in class for me. Yeah to this stuff um it just looks so cool yeah and i think that you know it's a big part of the appeal of this is that even when you're doing you know you're just going up and pressing a button it feels pretty cool what you're doing like there's a sense of kinesthetics to it even if you're not actually directly controlling your avatar yeah um and it does you know like like when that when that little one-on-one pops up you're kind of holding your breath seeing what the result's going to be is it going to hit is it going is it going to crit uh things like that it was a shame for the interest of time i had to turn this off um <laughs> about halfway through the game uh it's cool that it lets you do that though yeah 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 and this early as well yeah you know because one of the the things too you know when we kind of get to final summations or what have you is that like a lot of the things that frustrated me about this are things that they patched out of the series yeah um so one of the uh the hallmarks of the series is the weapon triangle which is a, a rock paper scissors hierarchy with weapons um with swords uh to axes to spears to swords mm-hmm um there's a magic version of this as well uh things one of the things that i didn't really realize until going into this is how this is how like not all consuming this is yeah like it makes a big it makes a difference mm-hmm. uh mostly in terms of to hit yeah it's ratio, a, but the, the damage is not as big a difference as i thought it would be it's yes. not pokemon yeah absolutely it's not pokemon i think that for me i was conflating this with a similar system that is in advanced wars Sure. Um, and it feels like there, what is it? It's like, you know, tanks versus, versus, uh, uh, infantry versus artillery. I feel like there it is way more pronounced here. The advantages feel much more marginal. Um, and I found myself kind of not really playing to the matchups as much. No, like if, if I could, 
I would, but that, that's a fun tactical realization, right? Like yeah. when I realized, oh, I can actually send in this unit that's not ideal, but actually has a pretty good chance. Yeah. You know, that was a fun, fun moment of realization. Yeah. You know, and I think I was also conflating it with Advance Wars, uh, because if this was straight up Pokemon or Advance Wars, like I would dislike that. Like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I am, I am apologize for intelligent systems like stands out there, but like, I really loathe the Advance Wars games and mm -hmm. don't want to do them for the show. No, I think those, I think those games, like, I think that, uh, those games are like, you know, 75 move puzzle games where you don't know that you're fucked until move 50. <laughs> right. Like there, there are correct ways to play those maps and just sussing those out and constantly reloading mm -hmm. to get there is really unappealing to me. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I learned about research of this is that's like how a good number of the audience for these games play them. Ooh, as well. That's a, um, <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's not for me. Like I understand it. I respect, you know, if everyone has their own fun, makes mm -hmm. their own fun. Um, if, if I were playing this game this way, um, I, you know, and we weren't doing it for the show, I would have quit. Yeah. Uh, if I felt like, oh, making, uh, you know, a mistake, losing a unit was a fail condition mm -hmm. uh, on hardware where I have to start the map over again. Yeah. Um, I couldn't save state. Um, that would have been it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think that sounds like torture mm -hmm. uh, to me. So D does the um, uh, does the GBA uh, emulator on the 3DS have save states built in? No, hmm. uh, it doesn't even it doesn't even have sleep mode. If you close the, the GBA, it doesn't Jeez. go to sleep. That's fucking janky, I don't, man. It's so weird. I don't know why it is. Yeah. The, um, but no, it, it does not have uh, save states. So I played this without save states, which mm -hmm. meant I rolled with the punches, uh, yeah, which we'll talk about when we start talking about the kind of death economy mm -hmm. in uh, in this. More the like our economy. <laughs> the death economy. Capitalism, am I right? Yeah, I a little more Reaganomics. I can't believe you spent yeah. the whole episode talking about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. like Kingdom of Reneanomics. Yeah. The, uh, like, yeah. Uh, so uh, your character's individual actions, they're determined by the equipment that they carry, uh, which in turn is determined by their class. Class also confers some abilities uh, that get pretty esoteric. But, you know, the idea is like, hey, you're a monk. You can cast, you know, light magic spells. You load up on those books. You load up on some items and you go forward and do what you can with it. Well, and the, the an interesting thing about this is like one of the things that we're going to get to in the generalities about this is what separates this from other tactics games. Yeah. You know, and one of the things is that um, like there are there are significant differences between classes in this. Yes, they are less significant than tactics games that I'm used to. Mm -hmm. There is less of a difference between two units in this game than there are, you know, than a, a knight and a mediator mm -hmm. in Final Fantasy Tactics. Right. Like the fact that it is so equipment based, the fact that it is kind of shunted into threes. Yeah. Um, you don't get utility magic until like roughly halfway through the game. Really, like everything is a healer attack. Like it mm -hmm. is very simple. Yeah. Um, you know, so upgrading a unit, like oftentimes it would mean, oh, this unit that used swords can now use an axe as well. <laughs> right. You know, and some stat, like some different stat ceilings and stat growths, which we'll, we'll talk about. But it's not like a night and day difference. Yeah. Which is like an interesting kind of, you know, I guess conundrum to it because it means that, um, like, I didn't feel as cool upgrading things in this. Mm -hmm. Like, it was neat to see my guy grow a fucking horse between his legs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh. The, uh, you know, become the, like a weird six-legged, like, centaur uh, <laughs> thing. And that was like, and it was useful. It's like, oh, my guy can get around more. Mm -hmm. But I was expecting something like, again, like kind of night and day, like the kind of changes that happen in XCOM or Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. You know, or something like that, where it's like, man, this totally different verb set, completely different utility. Mm -hmm. Didn't really happen. Like, the changes are very subtle. Yeah. 
in in terms of cha class changes and upgrades, with a couple of exceptions. Like there's a couple of utility classes. You eventually get some utility spells. Yeah, the thing that uh, I found to be you know <laughs> that that most inform my unit loadout was movement range and and attack range. Honestly, yeah, me too. Yeah, um, because, you know, just depending on what kind of armor that class wears, you have some that can move, you know, forward. And you have some that can move down near across all the way across the map. Um, and I wanted to have a good mixture of those, um, you know, because movement Same. comes with comes with trade offs as well. Like I just I just did, a, you know, a general mix, like tried to do my best to do a balanced party at any given point, And it got me through the game. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that is the min maxed, like correct way to play. But that was the way that, you know, I went through it. It got you through the game. Got me through the game. Yep. So, yeah, um, every piece of equipment has limited a limited number of uses, uh, which means that you are looking to replace those by new weapons um, on lookout for better weapons. And then you also end up with some like very good weapons. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it seems like it's very easy to fall into too good to use syndrome. Yeah. But this game, like if I didn't know how many chapters I had left, uh, I don't know that I would again that playing into that like this is designed to be played twice for yeah. the ideal experience thing mm -hmm. um, or without outside help, because like. You know, you get a, at some point you get a staff that heals everyone on the map, all your people. <laughs> right. There's three uses. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is really, really good. If I thought I might have 10 levels left, I would never use this. Yes. It's only because I know I only have two or three left. I can't remember exactly where you get it. Mm -hmm. That I was like, this is okay. Right. You know, um, but yeah, it, it's kind of, it, and it also leads to kind of like an economic churn. Like you are replacing things yeah yeah with consistency i found myself like subbing out different units because i didn't feel like backtracking across the map to stock up on whatever yeah. that person carried things like that yep. which Every ended time. up being fine yeah yeah which is which is yeah also fine yeah. um let's get into kind of the uh so the way that the tactics kind of play out in this uh this thing because the the thing that is unique about this and again a thing i really liked is that i think that there's a different level of zoom yeah. to this than there is you know, in other tactics games. Yeah. Um, uh, clarify that for me. So uh, it is, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics and XCOM are skirmishes. Yeah. Like short skirmishes. Here you are dealing with a larger play area and doing something between like army tactics and unit tactics. Yeah. Um, so like the first note you have here in this next section, like talking about defensive play where opposing troops can't move through each other. Mm. Like putting someone, you know, oftentimes I would move a character into an area like a choke point just to cut off an enemy advance. Yeah. It wasn't to, uh, with the you know eventual goal of killing that enemy or to fight or anything. It was just, let's put my tank here to protect my weaker units. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the movement to get around this choke point yeah. to get to things, but I need to make sure the enemy can't get to them before they can. Mm -hmm. That is like a slightly higher level, more of like an RTS level concern. Yeah. That makes us play like not quite between a tactics game and an RTS game, but a little closer to RTS than I'm used to. Yeah, I, I dig that quite a bit. Additionally, because new enemy units, sometimes friendly units, mostly enemy units, can come onto the map uh, at particular turns during Constantly. the... Uh, yeah, yeah. Like near the end of the game. Yeah. Like um, just an unending stream of monsters. <laughs> Here they come. Um, oftentimes, that will be behind your main force. So while in the early game, you may, you know, understandably be playing like, okay, let's just, we are just going to always be moving everybody forward. If you're, if you're strong, you're on the front. And if you're weak, you're in the back. Then later maps, that's not necessarily going to fly because you have to split up your party. Admittedly, your party can be up to like 18 people at one point. Um, but you've got to like guard your rear. 
uh, because other stuff, you know, you know, enemies are going to be coming up behind you as well. Um, yeah. and so defensive play works in as a factor there too. Yeah. And they do a, a kindness there because enemies won't reinforcements will only ever come at the end of the enemy's turn. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll never come at the beginning of the enemy's turn where they show up and also get a turn to act. Yeah. Um, so you always have a chance to kind of scramble and recover, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if such a thing happens, which I think is, you know, is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that I like is that generally the decisions that you're making are pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is, again, zoomed out to a level that feels a little bit unique to me compared to other, you know, tactics games that we've played and covered. Um, and that simplicity actually allows you to um, do a little bit of uh, what's that word in fighting games where you anticipate what they're going to do? Yomi? Yomi? Yeah, I yeah. do a little bit of Yomi on the AI where it's like, all right, I really need the, <laughs> I really need this enemy to extend to, to overextend himself. Let me send up somebody who's kind of weak with a healer behind them to lure them out and get them into a, into a disadvantaged position or use that to like understand you can basically set up little traps to lure people into advantageous positions. Um, you know, so like the simplicity worked for me, you know, just as I was making my own decisions, but also just kind of like, let me wrap my head around the, you know, the way things were going to work out on an enemy turn as well. Yeah, I, I appreciated that as well. I think that the, like, you know, definitely ended up doing kind of so that's the level of tactics is like leaving a unit for bait. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not specifically about your verb set. Right. Like as the as the game moved on, um, I came to feel that a wider verb set would actually make that better, not worse. Mm-hmm. Like when eventually you get the like teleport yeah. spells, I was like, this is wonderful. This mm-hmm. should have been here in map one. Right. Like this is so cool. It allows us to be so much more deep tactically that i can move a unit out of danger instantly yeah um why don't i have more things to do like i i ended <laughs> up like there was like an arc to the simplicity where i started out really appreciating it and then by the end of the game really kind of resenting it yeah um, that that that's true for literally every single strategy game for me though where yeah. like no matter what's there i'm just gonna like it's we're gonna get to the mission that is like survive for 45 minutes and fuck you yeah, yeah. i i like strategy games in the end like i love i love strategy games so hmm. like to me, I have not had that. I don't have that feeling like no. the simplicity of something like into the breach, like I think serves it throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. Part of it is just an, an, you know, an into the breach run takes an hour and a half. Right. Right. You know, part of this is that this was like, you know, because it's a hard game and because I was playing it on hardware and as much as I tried to roll with deaths, there are characters that are game overs when they die or characters I couldn't lose. No. Um, you know, this ended up like the how long to beat on this game. Not accurate. No, like, like this. This was a long time investment. Um, <laughs> and by the end, it was like, man, I just like on one hand, I just need to get through this and like beat it because I'm I'm ready to, to be done with this. And on the other hand, like, boy, I wish I had more options to make that easier and more fun. Right. You know, than just attack stand, you know, rescue a couple spells, you know, a couple utility spells. Like your verb set by the end of this game is as limited as any tactics game I can imagine, mm-hmm. you know, um, rescuing units, uh, which I mentioned just there is really important. Um, that allows a unit to suck up another unit mm-hmm. to take them off the map and drop them off somewhere. This is how you're going to, uh, turn your, uh, horse, troops and your like Pegasus troops into basically like troop transports. <laughs> um, APC. Yeah. Totally. Like it is a way to get your really high defense, low move characters into mm-hmm. position. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of turns to do this. Like the move economy is not great for it, yeah. but the, uh, a lot of times like enemies stay still 
or yeah. move towards you very slowly. Uh, they don't seem to follow the terrain or like know about the terrain rules. It's so they will sometimes just really creep towards you at an absolute snail's pace, giving you all the time in the world. It's really strange how they like the, the, they are not motivated by goals like you are on most maps. Like enemies straight up have um, aggro radiuses. Yeah. Yeah, their, their AI is very strange. Yeah. And it, it, once you get it, you can manipulate it, as you mentioned in like the last point, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, you it makes for, you know, because if you have to pick somebody up, drop them off and then move back to pick somebody else up, that's three whole turns, mm-hmm. you know, unless you have like a dancer on the screen, you know, who can can juice that a little bit. So uh, that's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and the enemy is just kind of sticking in their place or just like. I'm walking across a mountain at one tile at a time, right? You know, for for seven turns, um, just gives you space to do these kind of long term maneuvers. Yeah, you know, from time to time. Mm-hmm. But it lets you save emergencies, lets you mobilize. Uh, you know, it's a very dramatic moment when somebody is like on the ropes. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah. All right, I just I, we, we need to get them off the map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was basically. The early game was just Seth coming through and rescuing. Uh, yeah, people and just like. Should we talk about Seth now? Um, we should talk about Seth and the, I mean, this game does not do it like the series does, but I, I took the opportunity of, cause this is probably the only old fire emblem game I'm going to play. Yeah. Um, learning about the series. Um, Seth is like an archetype mm-hmm. for the series. There are two types of, you get uh, characters in these. Uh, it is typical of the series to give you a very strong unit initially. Um, in this, in this game, it's Seth. So he's pre-promoted, which means he's already in his advanced class. Uh, his stats are really good. Yeah. Um, in previous games to this one and other games, these are devious, like vile traps. <laughs> they like, have, they have are, no growth. They have a specific name. I can't remember what it is, but they are meant to be this weird experience suck for you. Mm-hmm. Like it's a mean spirited mechanic. Yeah. I do not like it. Like the idea is you have a character that is very tempting to use because he's powerful. But if you do, fuck you. He sucked up all the experience and you have a finite experience in the game. Mm-hmm. Amount of experience in the game. Just play it again, yeah. Because you didn't know this little little trick. Like we tricked you. <laughs> huh? I think that's a really vile thing philosophically. Yeah. Um, this game avoids it, luckily, because Seth is an exception. Apparently, he's a rarity in the series in that he starts very powerful and has decent growths. Right. Um. You know, we'll talk about growths at some point. I have very strong feelings about growths <laughs> um, in this uh, in this game. You and my dermatologist. Growths, growths, yep. growths, 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 growths. <laughs> yep. It is. Uh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> So. Um, but yeah, Seth is your very is your like your beef boy mm-hmm. who basically like solo Seth runs are a thing. Yeah. Uh, and is considered uh, because he, he'll gain so many levels. There are people online who consider a solo Seth run easier than playing the game normally. Yes. Um, additionally, uh, uh, like the primary challenge run that I found was just like, get rid of Seth. Don't use him. Kill him. Um, yeah. Uh, then, you know, people say, oh, that like that rebalances the game. Like TG said. Basically, yeah, in Final Fantasy right. Tactics, except you start, he's he's one of your first two units. He's not mm-hmm. something you get in Chapter 4. Right. So. Yeah. Um, let's talk about terrain. Let's do it. Uh, terrain's cool. You, uh, each yeah. map tile has a different terrain type. A lot of them are just like, no, oh, here's cobblestones or here's, here's, here's grass. But there are like forests and mountains and things like that, all of which affect movement and hit chances. Um, mm-hmm. There are also, um, uh, you know, like forts that you can rest on. Uh, some mm-hmm. of which will heal you at the end of your turn, which is pretty cool. Um, and all of this uh, just kind of shapes the field of play quite literally. Uh, you want to be attacking from a forest. You want to be attacking from a fort. Yeah. Yep. Or defending yes. from one. Like if you have to have a squishy unit, um, go up to the front lines, park them on a forest. Yes. They'll be much less likely to be hit. Mm-hmm. 
I'm at this point. And then you with your squishy unit, the thing I didn't learn until like kind of shocking late in the game is that flying units are not affected by train. Right. Which I just kind of thought, you know, the upside of it, obviously, like, uh, you know, they they're not affected by train because they're not slowed down by it. But I didn't mm-hmm. think that they would also lose the benefit. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know. To my detriment. Yeah. Uh, different terrain types also um, throw a wrench in the viability of cavalry units. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are on horses, they can move quite a bit, but they are slowed down more by forests uh, than everybody yes. else. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, just adding, adding, you know, adding a little bit more complexity onto this. Um, mm-hmm. And you mentioned this before, like the map design in this game is really good. Yeah. Um, I, found. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They do. You know, it. They know what they're doing right? Uh, in, in, in that respect. And there's a lot of uh, thoughtfulness put into, um, you know, when, where a reinforcement is going to come. Like, will they be able to get to you? Will you be able to get to them mm-hmm. easily? Yeah. Um, so that, that stuff is actually pretty, pretty solid across, across the board. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's interesting to see this take on it because it's the kind of thing that would be done in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics with Elevation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it'd be the kind of thing done in XCOM with cover. Right. You know, and it's still those same kind of considerations are made. They're just instead it's it's playing the odds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So certain kinds of maps are going to have buildings or villages, you know, be it in a town or be it in the countryside uh, where you can actually go and visit to get items or intel. Uh, Generally worth doing this. Um, Even if you do just get like a little bit of dialogue, it's generally helpful. Uh, But this is a way, you know, this is one of the primary ways that you get like upgrade uh, materials that'll. uh, Yeah. That'll boost your uh, boost your people's classes. And it, it, it's just very strange to have your like essentially what would be a town NPC conversation, mm-hmm. you know, have that happen on the battlefield. Yeah. Like it leads to some very strange um, like immersion breaking to me. Like if if OK, this person is, uh, oh, the you know, the, the prince of this kingdom, the archer prince of this kingdom is trapped mm-hmm. in this building and the army is surrounding them. I need to rescue them. But the actual correct thing to do is send some units over to these houses that are on the other side of the map yeah. to talk to them to get upgrade stuff. <laughs> it's a little weird. Like it, it, yeah. it plays into the way that you do everything on the battlefield, uh, I think, is a really strange choice. I don't think it's like a Vorpal problem. No, no, it's just something you have to get used to. I think I don't prefer it. I think yeah. it, it mostly breaks my immersion. I think it is silly. Does, uh, you know, to, to do so. Does this continue to happen in stuff from Awakening on? Um, I, I, I know you've played Awakening, but I played Awakening. I really liked Awakening. I don't remember. OK, like yeah. I, I bought that when it came out. Um, so I, I was like four apartments ago. Yeah. So it's quite an old game at this point, And I don't don't recall. I still have it. Like I've thought about picking it up and replaying it mm-hmm. in the wake of this and seeing if I changed or Fire Emblem changed. But everything yes. I have like, you know, again, trying to do this like almost meta research, you know, to kind of dip my toe in a very passionate fandom. Yeah. Um, shows that like Fire Emblem actually changed like a lot of these things. Yeah. At the, um, you know, at the risk of overgeneralizing on something I don't know about cold text, I guess. Um, I think that the kind of like the single modality problem here in Fire Emblem Classic or at the tail end of Fire Emblem Classic, let's say, um, is just kind of a result of like the battle screen is all that they had when the series started 
you know yeah and you know everything just happened in the battle um you know fire emblem gaiden and this in particular add in a world map where this stuff could happen you know you could revisit towns and you know go to a menu that you know sends you to those individual houses or whatever but because you know everything happening in the battle modality was a tr tradition they didn't see a reason to break out of it until they until they shook off a bunch of other stuff later on in the series well, until they is had my understanding to. yeah yeah like like tradition is a really weird watch word yes. for this series and its fandom because like when we talk about fire emblem classic versus kind of new fire emblem classic that is a a, a fairly stark divide mm -hmm. um and the series like this is i'm sure this is jumping ahead but that's you know that's fine no. um this series like almost died mm -hmm. like it was nintendo's like hey we're gonna stop doing these yeah. if you don't actually sell some copies and they did so by making awakening which made a bunch of changes that like old school fans a lot of them don't like some of them are fine with mm -hmm. but a lot of them don't like including turning off things that to me are to me. just bizarre design decisions that i'm really surprised survived as long as they did yeah you know like that are tradition you know they're like bits of esoterica that the fandom had latched onto that really kind of found some affection for but just coming into it and mm -hmm. just from from my perspective it ended up being deeply irritating yeah um and and we'll we'll talk about that when we start talking about character growth and we'll we'll talk about you know crit percentages and stuff mm -hmm. but they uh they got rid of the, a lot of that stuff yeah you know, so this is a tradition, like doing it in the battle screen, like video games had come out by this point. They knew that they could do a menu <laughs> or a town map. Yeah. You know, they just didn't because that wasn't what the game was. And mm -hmm. the game has to be what the game is. Yeah. Otherwise, know, what would the game be? You know, this is the eighth entry in this series. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, put that in Final Fantasy terms, right? Like, it's you know, this is like it'd be like Final Fantasy one to Final Fantasy eight and Fire Emblem one to this. Yeah. You know, like the amount of like just kind of small tweaks, but. You know, this is in that list of up until Awakening, like in the Dragon Warrior Pokemon, you know, set of franchises that barely changed. This, this was this. I mean, and this that period of Nintendo specifically from 1990 through to, uh, let's say, the mid 2000s, um, you know, like, yeah, there were some franchises where they took some risks, but like not the minor ones. really. No. Yeah. You know? It's a real steady period, yeah. you know, and that's a weird way. Like I have a lot of sympathy, actually, for these devs. I was thinking about this yeah. where like they're kind of in a camp like being asked to make awakening like yeah. you know explicitly you know in it you know not explicitly but just saying like hey if your next game doesn't sell at least this many units you don't get to be get to make this series anymore mm -hmm. in one of your ears and having in the other ear having the fans are like no these random stat growths that you have to like guess or look up mm -hmm. uh, are actually good uh <laughs> is like it was probably maddening uh yeah you know um, and just, you know, if you if you do a game and it gets this like very passionate fandom, but doesn't sell as many as it wants, I understand the temptation to cater to that very passionate fandom yeah. as opposed to chasing like a wider base. Right. That's like that's something that we relate to on the network. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we, we do that. Mm -hmm. um, so I get it in like a lot of ways. But just in terms of like my own specific taste uh, as a gamer American, almost all the changes they made are good. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think that it gained a lot from a lot of the things that it shed. Mm hmm. Um, and I've talked to people to be like, hey, what do you like about this? And I, I hear them and I read them. And I'm like, I believe them. Yeah. But it's it's just they're they're just saying something appeals to them that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. You know, it'd be like me being like, man, the sandwich is super good. Cole. It has tons of mayo on it. Like, <laughs> I just swim in mayo. You know, I, yeah, I just swim in mayo. I really love the amount of mayo. On it. <laughs> you know, and to you, that's just never going to be. It's like, OK, like I understand yeah. that someone can like mayo, but I'm grossed out by mayo. Uh -huh. You know, I am grossed out by slot machines. Yes. I'm grossed out by, uh, you know, really swingy character deaths. Uh, which yeah. were like the two big things it felt like it, it gave up in, in Awakening. Yes.
So yeah. um, there are also uh, indoor maps in this, I love which these again, yeah. yeah, this is this is pretty fun. Um, this to me is a better articulation of this, like mm-hmm. me going across the map to go talk to somebody and they're like knock on their door and be like, what can you tell me about kingdoms? And mm-hmm. then they just talk to me. Makes less sense than me sending my thief out to grab treasures while I'm like looting a place. Yeah, that makes more sense. Hello, comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's well, also it's just more genre you know, yeah, uh, yeah. in line. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So, um, hey, Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, the, the rare waff of Frankenstein appearance. Yeah. He yeah. usually, usually stays quiet on Thursdays. <laughs> so. Um, so, uh, let's talk about some of these ways that characters can grow. Uh, yes. one of the, the, one of the more esoteric ones is, uh, weapon level. Mm-hmm. Um, where as you use a weapon, you become more proficient with it. This is how equipment is gated to a certain extent. You know, you yes. can be a sword wielder, uh, but you cannot wield that sword because it is, it's too much sword for you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It is, is too high a weapon level. That's all, you know, good and fine. Yeah. You know, like I, I can, I can dig that. Um, the, uh, it's a little weird when the primary benefit of a lot of class changes is upping your weapon diversity. Yes. So if I have been training somebody in the sword, choosing a class that also allows them to use axes, like does increase their versatility, mm-hmm. but you're starting from zero on axes. Like you start with a rank D or whatever Yeah. in axes, but mm-hmm. it does reward you for sticking with a weapon. Yes. Uh, um, in this. Uh, and by and large, most characters can only get S rank on one particular weapon. Um, yes. Getting S on one locks you out of S on everything else. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's talk about supports. Let's do it. Uh, supports are super important to the series. Right. Um, it's a thing that people love. Character relationships generally are very important later on in this series. That would become <laughs> a more um, like just explicit dating um, yes. and relationship kind of thing. But, you know, even here. Um, and I presume before, uh, different mm-hmm. characters have different affinities for each other, which means if they are next to each other in battle, um, they can talk, um, at certain points. Uh, but the more they fight next to each other, the more that, that affinity grows. And there are three different support conversations that you can have that reveal some details about those characters, furthers their relationship and gives them a stronger buff when they are fighting within three squares of each other. Yes, like gives them a, a, a stat bonus. And this is where the lion's share of the characterization yes. comes from. Like one of the things when I was like, hey, what do people like about Fire Emblem mm-hmm. You know, online? Uh, the most common answer from everyone is the characters. Yeah. And I was a little bit perplexed by that because this game specifically is known to have like one of the best casts. Mm-hmm. And I generally like the characters in this. Yeah. They're like fine. Um, but I wasn't like, the, you know, this isn't, these aren't great. They're not particularly deep. Yeah. You know, the, each one gets like a trait. Mm-hmm. And I'm like a trait and a design. I'm like, okay, you know, that's yeah. kind of anime.txt for like video games, right? Like yeah, yeah. they're noble, but good. Um, and I was like, they're okay. But then when you start reading into support conversations, it's like, oh, these, you know, coupled with the generally above average writing mm-hmm. uh, in this game, those are actually pretty good. Yeah. The the reason why I didn't engage with them very much is because I w- was told that I have to go kill this monster. So I'm right. gonna, I don't want to just have everyone stand around. Priorities, please. Again, why is this in, happening in the battle system? Why can't like... If I were designing this from the ground up, it would be like between battles, mm-hmm. you got to choose to have three people talk to each other. Yeah. As opposed to making this an opportunity cost of like in the actual fight. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. And they're, to getting some of these that are ideal, like when I looked up the min-maxing guides for it, like there's actually a strategic consideration in which characters you want to have next to each other. Yeah. Like having a very – like having two weak characters next to each other is not a great idea because that's going to attract enemy aggro. 
and they can't stand up to enemy aggro. Right. You know, you want I tended to pair like a, a stronger character or a very mobile character with my weak characters mm-hmm. so they can get them around or block shots for them. Yeah. Um, or, or rescue them. But some of those very like min maxi things are meant to be like, hey, put your two squishiest people right next to each other and have them talk for, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, a, a frankly insulting number of turns yeah. to get to these like high level ranks. It's like 40 or something it, to get to some like to do a lot of them. It's very expensive. Yes. Yeah, in terms it, of my time and my opportunity cost within the game. It's, it's the opportunity cost within the, within the game specifically. Turns are so valuable right yeah um yeah and just you know if, if it was a choice between completing the mission or having nobody die you know it could uh, completing the mission with no deaths or learning more about these characters i'm sorry uh, like i'm gonna keep calling you chief and that's gonna have to be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I i don't learn your name because we're trying to save the goddamn world yeah we just call each other by our last name like gem class yeah yeah you know we don't we're not gonna actually become friends and this, I mean, this game is about the power of friendship, like explicitly, and then also, uh, you know, kind of suggestively between also your units and also the the player mm-hmm. is meant to just kind of gain an affection for these characters as well. So like having this system that deepens that and struts it up be something that I do instead of playing the game, I think is very weird. Yeah. Um, thankfully, um, the just, you know, the, there's some quality about the characters um, and there's a quality to the writing where even the base level was just like sufficient enough for me um, mm-hmm. to care about that, <laughs> to care about these characters. Additionally, because like, I don't know, like, I don't want that person to die. They're good. They're good in fights. Like they, they fill a role on my team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. When we start talking about we talk about uh, permadeath. Right. And crits, because I th- also think that is a weird thing that, like, I agree with you, but I don't think the game supports that very well. No. Um, and, and, and how people play it. So, like, the, when I got the supports, the content of the supports was uniformly pretty good. Yes. It was just, you know, that's not really what I what I had a problem with. It's it was just the act of getting them. Yeah. Which I did not like. Um, characters have uh, level caps. Uh, the level cap is 20. They also have stat caps. Yes. And once they get to uh, level 10. Um, they can use an item to evolve into a prestige class. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are this uh, this entry is semi-unique in having these branching classes. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, typically, they they basically Final Fantasy one it, you know, or you'd have two choices. Right. You know, they'd just be like, oh, like the thief has become a ninja. Um, this time you have choices between them, and then those can lead to other choices with uh, certain um, these specific like choir or uh, squire classes like mm-hmm. i can't remember what they're called but like they trainees uh trainees, what go. they're called yeah yeah the uh the the real little boys the 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 pichus yeah of the world <laughs> yeah you, you, you hand franz a moonstone and he turns into a clefable it's, it's basically what happens <laughs> yeah except it's a pirate stone and yeah yeah a sea stone or whatever um these like generally um i just looked up what they were uh-huh. um and what was what the stat gains would be but it's pretty rare that you get a new verb from these. Uh, you sometimes get like things like that assassination ability, but mm-hmm. mostly it's like a, a, a fairly decent stat bump and then like a movement, uh, a movement or weapon kind of change. Yes. For these. Um, and they look cooler. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Yeah. Which is which is part of the reason to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Aesthetics. Yeah. Important. Yeah. And you know, they are more poor, powerful. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're typically like an uh, unpromoted class, like unless you're playing the real long game and doing magic harps, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the promoted class is worth doing. Yeah. 
Um, uh, let's let's talk about level ups. Let's do this. Uh, this I have a is real a real bugbear with this. Uh, yeah, a bugbear was going to be the word I was going to use actually. So uh, um, bear with this. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll generally, generally describe it and then you can go off. So when you level up, you can go off too. Cool. <laughs> we can both go off. I don't want to just take the heat for not liking this major thing that tons of fans of this game really like. Uh, do, do they so, really like it? Is, is this yeah. a, okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, I am, I'm amazed as you are. People you know, love this shit and I, uh, yeah, I cannot get this. So this is not like other RPGs where stack growth is deterministic, right? Um, where you can just generally like look at a big table and see that like at level 35, there, you know, the Rose is going to have these, these spells, et cetera, or these stats rather on level up, um, your stat growths are basically just kind of randomized. Um, and you know, that is pinned to like a certain percentage chance that they have for that to grow. So like a strength oriented character will have a 60%, a growth rate of 60%, which means that 40% of the time when you level up, um, their damage stat is not going to go up. Uh, yes. level ups are quite rare in the game. You know, it's a 20 hour game. Uh, at least putatively on how long to beat. Um, yeah, you know, it's not. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's also the, I, I get that feeling that the intended way to play is with more training and more, you know, strategizing around who is getting level ups. Yes. Playing more into that long game. Yeah. That, you know, I talked about earlier, which is not necessarily apparent unless this is not your first rodeo. Right. Um, and what this leads to, um, functionally for me and you know, where this, where this really rubbed me the wrong way, um, is droughts. Um, yeah. you know, just where you have a handful of levels where you're not necessarily doing more damage. It's like, well, I guess I'm just like a little bit more lucky now. Maybe that will help me, but that has nothing to do with how I'm using this character. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, and it's worth noting that this information is not in game. Right. So, so a character's stat growth rate, you don't get, you have to look up outside of the game to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can know whether it's worth like investing in a character right. and most characters will become okay in the aggregate. If you have okay luck, yeah. um, but you have to have okay luck because it really is kind of luck of the dice. Um, and I, I do not get this. I can't, I have a very hard time understanding why this lasted for eight plus games as a mechanic, mm -hmm. because I hate this. Yeah. Like I hate it. Um, the good feel of getting a good level up to me is not anywhere nearly balanced by the absolute dog shit feeling of like, oh, my fighter got resistance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I put in this time to train them. Like I, I set them up. I'm like, oh, this guy needs levels. Yeah. I'm going to have him kill this monster. Nothing happened. Like it just feels really bad. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't like slot machines. No. In games very much. And a lot of Fire Emblem is about random chance. Yes. Um, and the things that people like about this, I just want to give, and even though I don't agree, I'm not like, well, look at me. Like, I'm not trying to make fun of you no. for liking a thing I don't like. I'm just trying to point out the upside of something that I, you know, uh, is that, uh, characters are unique. So like, you know, your Seth is different than my Seth. They're also different playthrough to playthrough. Mm-hmm. That's something people really like about this. Um, I've had people uh, say that they like that they get more attached to the character because they like root for him. You know, like there's a lot of narratives of this game of here is a villager who in the narrative is just like a simple farm boy or just a simple, you know, low level soldier who's kind of a bumbling nincompoop. And if you stick with them, their stat growths are such that even though they start weak, they become powerful and people get invested in that mechanical narrative. 
Um, and then the third thing that I've heard that people like is the pure like slot machine. Like it just yeah. feels good when you get a good level up. None of those work on me. I mean, like what's the what's the correlation or crossover with people who really enjoy like rare drops um, in uh, uh, RPGs generally? I, I feel it feels like it would be something similar. Yeah. You know, because it does feel like and I, I was talking about this on Twitter, like it makes total sense to me that Fire Emblem became a, a hit iOS gachapon game. Yes. Like the, the when I read the discourse around this game, there's a lot of this this level ups that are like basically a slot machine. There's a lot of like emphasis on collecting them all, like getting all the units, mm-hmm. you know, like, I oh, I, there's a recruitable. I got to get them, yeah, you yeah. know, almost in like a Pokemon sense. Like there's a lot of things I associate with slot machine um, style play that are have been baked into the series for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and this the stat growth thing, like all it takes is two like just dog shit levels of and it's like, well, now I bench this person. Yeah, um, there's not a finite amount of experience in this game, so that doesn't matter. But it does mean that all the experience this person sucked up. If I want that for a unit, it's actually going to be useful. I have to go grind. Yep. And I just that's not good. I don't like grinding. You know, and that's that's to me. I understand that other people don't mind that. To me, I think that is not good or fun. Right. Um, and just so we're clear and make sure making sure everybody has heard of us. Anybody who has ever liked a Fire Emblem game is a degenerate gambler. Yeah, yes, exactly. So that is definitely thank you for making the subtext super text. Cool. The uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't think anyone who likes it is a ge- degenerate gambler. I think yeah. that the part some people said the appeal of this specific mechanic was mm-hmm. gambling related. Yeah. So. For for yeah for for me this it just it just didn't work. I like level ups to be reliable uh, mm-hmm. is is a thing, especially because they are a result of time. They are a result of you know prioritizing the use of that character. Uh, well, it's a it, strategic choice. Yeah, like you 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 want to have a deterministic result to a strategic choice. Yes. Like not necessarily like a hundred percent deterministic, but more like hey, I made the choice to invest in this character. Mm-hmm. That should have like an A B result. Agreed. You know, um, because I want to feel good about making that choice, mm-hmm. you know, and in the long game, like playing the odds like this and having it work out in aggregate, like one of the things I, I contrast it with because I'm playing through Final Fantasy Tactics at the time and I'm not going to just like stand that game constantly in the middle of this, but different jobs have different growth rates in that as well, but it's just guaranteed. So it's like yeah. if I want this character to have good magic, I spend some levels as a black mage, Yeah, you know, and that is just I've made the decision and I get the result. Mm-hmm. here it's just like if i like this character or if i think this character might be useful and i get a couple of bad rolls on the dice like that can be like relatively devastating at least in the short term even if it might eventually even out mm-hmm. and it just feels so bad like how many like no stat level ups did you think you got during this thing uh too many <laughs> I yeah, yeah. I, I think i think i got four Total, which is less than average looking online. I got many, like, just one stat. Like, hey, luck, mm. yay, hey, resistance. But I had four where nothing happened. And I'm like, God, does that feel like shit? <laughs> because these guys have a 20-level, like, cap. That's I'll never get that level back. That's yeah. the only possible thing. And I got nothing for it. How does it – what is a level, then, if you don't actually get any improvement to the character? Like, it's so contrary to RPGs. Yeah, no lesson today. So, yeah, no lesson – exactly. No lesson today, says Ernie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um drives drives me nuts yeah. and and you got it here in the notes like it, you know you might be invested in a character who might just eventually slowly become unuseful that's what yeah. 
you know, the Seths and the other games do. Right. They have shitty growth. So, like, yes, they start powerful, but everyone will outclass them. And, hey, that experience you had them eat up. Oh, you're an idiot. It's gone forever. <laughs> We're intelligent systems and we fucked you over. Yep. Nah, nah. <laughs> and unless you just know the community and look online to see who which characters are Jagans and which characters are, I can't remember the other yeah. uh, type. Um, you just you're just a fool and mm-hmm. you got played like one. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I think it's vile. Like, I think yeah. it's a really bad philosophy. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> hey, invest time. Invest your time in this. Ooh, that was a bad decision. Why'd you invest your time in this? Yeah, made you flinch. Yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah, you certainly did. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really hate this. Uh they have switched this over to kind of weighted averages. I think that in the newer games, uh in the, the newest one, it's a totally different system. Like yeah. three houses is like almost a completely different genre, is my understanding. No. In awakenings, they're like weighted. And mm-hmm. I think you're guaranteed to get two stat ups. Um, so they're weighted differently if they're weighted roles. It's not a pure die roll and you always will get something. Yeah. So eventually they kind of did away with this. Good. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, speaking of hallmarks of the uh, series, uh, one of them that is pretty major, uh, is the idea of character permadeath. This would become Mm -hmm. optional in awakening, but, uh, it's in full swing here. Uh, and it's Mm -hmm. in full swing, uh, in path of radiance. Uh, the one that came after this, uh, when you lose uh, a, a unit, they are gone forever. They give you a little farewell and bye bye. They are not mm-hmm. around. Um, you have main characters who, you know, in this game, it's Erica and Ephraim, kind of your leaders. If they if if, if they die, then the game is over. Uh, otherwise, though, you know, the, the game is encouraging you to move on and replace that unit with somebody else. Yep. And to me, this system uh, works if you so I, I did, a, you know, again, trying to figure out I might have the impression that most people do not roll with this system. I, I did not. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I rolled with it for the most part. Mm-hmm. But like I looked online, I, I did a I did a poll, mm-hmm. right? Like 150 people voted who are fans of like old Fire Emblem and 77 percent reload. Yeah. Like they do not let characters die. There are a couple of minor like mechanical considerations that still survive that choice to just reload. Mm-hmm. But fuck like what a discouraging waste of time yeah like i just i like i don't know like the idea of like i got to the end of this map and because of the crit system like which i I keep saying the crit system crits are devastating we talked about that Mm -hmm. um and they're fairly unpredictable because i can just lose a unit anytime just having to lose that 30 40 minutes Mm -hmm. just to, to keep somebody alive i think i hate that yeah hate it I would never play this game like that. Like, I don't I don't understand it. And the people who do, it's like, well, you know, I have this perfectionist streak. I want to just, you know, keep iterating on this until I can do it perfectly. Um, It feels like a fail condition if I lose the characters. But this feels like an accident. Like, I think that initially because these games are famous for having huge casts. Yeah, that's the only reason I can think of it for having these huge casts, many characters of which are duplicates, basically, is that you're supposed to just roll with it. Mm -hmm. Someone dies, like roll with it. But no one actually does it. Right. So you end up with this like huge a cast, huge a cast. You end up with this huge <laughs> cast of characters. You'll never get to know them all. You'll never get to use them all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this constant floating fail state yeah. that can strike on because of a twenty, you know, one in five roll and some bad luck that causes you to lose twenty to thirty minutes of progress ran- at random. Yeah, I hate it. Like I, I, I hate the idea when I was trying to play that way or when I was reloading. I could not do it. The idea makes me crazy. Yeah, like. No, I just, I didn't want to spend time building up somebody else for my team, you know? Yeah. Well, that too. (laughs) Right. It's like, like, 
Yeah. And, uh, and again, me trying to give credence to counter arguments to things. The, mm -hmm. the strongest thing I saw people say was that if any, if characters came back, you could use them as like sacrifices to get through the map. That's true. Yeah. Like I totally, I totally think that's true. What you, what you sell to buy that though is huge, yeah. which is so much of your time and so much character investment. And in this game, so much grinding to either grind up a replacement character or uh, just replay a map that you've already largely completed yeah i hate that like yep. it, it just it's like man it's vile mm -hmm. like and and you take a uh, permadeath in like xcom right like another strategy game mm -hmm. um it is not that hard to retrain a unit in xcom right like they start pretty capable and powerful like right from the bat they level up pretty quickly and you get these kind of emergent stories from them yeah uh you know if you're playing that in an iron man or not iron man but you're playing it in you're rolling with the deaths mode uh, which is a challenge, but if you do it that way, you know, but even in that on the hardware, you can quick save here. If you're playing this on GBA, you can't quick save nope. uh, during that. And uh, these emergent stories that you would get, like where it's like, oh, this character died at a clutch moment. I don't think you're necessarily encouraged to just reset that, mm -hmm. but most people do. Yeah. And it, when most people do, and then conversely, you see complaints about them making this optional. Yes. Um, the, 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 those two facts do not square off for me. I understand that, that it is likely two different sets of people who are doing that. I think yeah. it was wise for them to, you know, move away from this. To, to move, I can't to believe move. it took them this long. Yeah. I, I like, I cannot believe this is the eighth entry in the series that still has this, Yeah. you know, and the, and the ninth one still has it. Like it just feel like it's made for a very specific kind of gamer, like psychographic who mm -hmm. is really or like a perfectionist really okay with just repeating a task until they get it perfectly right, which to me, my mind when I was playing it like that, turned this into intelligent systems advance war series, which I don't like because I don't want to play a, a puzzle game where there's one solution and it's a 75 move puzzle game. Yeah. And it turns it into that in a way that I think is kind of vile. Yeah. So like I managed to have fun with this game, but I lost, you know, by the end, I think I lost four or five people mm -hmm. uh, and rest in peace. Uh, people who I can barely remember who I got one line <laughs> to introduce your personality and never did your supports. Yeah. So I don't know you, um, you know, it sucks that you had to die for the cause, but I was not about to replay that map. No, so, no. Yeah. It's a really, really weird thing that just counteracts mm -hmm. like how most people play the newer ones. Also, they allow, um, even if you do, uh, the newest one has a rewind rewind system, mm -hmm. which is just a kinder way of reloading yeah. and you have a limited number of them, which I think is a good way to do it. Yeah. That seems like, really, again, really wise. Yeah. Like you can say, like, I'm going to play, I'm going to roll with the punches, but I get to make a couple mistakes. It's mm -hmm. not just a, an errant crit. Yeah. And I think they've toned down like errant crits as well. Mm. Like, I mean, I know I keep saying crits in this, uh, this thing, but they're really important to the flow yeah. of play. <laughs> they really are. Like in this game, like it is very crit based mm -hmm. uh, in general. And it just, it is the bad luck that is constantly over your shoulder in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is uh, well, something that I think is actually remarkable and kind of an achievement is uh, in the way the dialogue is coded. So you know, when you're when a non Erica or Ephraim character dies, um, the macro story is unaffected. Uh, yeah. It's just that different scenes will adjust to accommodate this. So if, you know, Larchel is dead, somebody else comes in and kind of says something, you know, says something approximating what she would say. Things still move forward. There are like little scenes in. There's a tremendous amount of intricacy to that. And I can also see that building up a lot of goodwill for people is like, oh, yeah, like just I, I get to see different content and different versions of things depending on who is still alive. It reacts to what happens. 
Yeah, but I mean, most people don't let people die. Well, yeah, like yeah, I think, no, I think that's, that's content that, that most people don't actually see. Yeah, you no, know? I just, which is I, cool I, that allows for it. But I, oh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just putting it out putting it out there. I can see that. It's as cool a, that they do it. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I think it's probably a largely unappreciated. Like I can imagine people not knowing that who are fans of the series just because yeah. like why would I let you know my little friend die? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, they give you 25 friends. <laughs> you know, you get so many. Like, I almost like guarantee the initial idea behind these huge casts was extra lives. Yeah, yeah. For you, and it just the 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 game didn't develop that way. Like, the fandom just didn't develop that way. Mm-hmm. But I, it's almost, you know, it's similar when we did Baldur's Gate 2. Like, I feel that's one of the reasons for that huge cast as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that is, uh, and you get their equipment back, so you get a lot of the actual investment mm-hmm. in the character back in that game. If a character dies, like, I also don't let characters die in that. Yep. You know, so I get it in a uh-huh. way, but the, uh, I think in this game, that is the intent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, um, it is cool the way that the, the scenes will, will have a, a somebody speak up. It reminds like Final Fantasy seven will do that as well Yep. in certain parts. If you don't have you if you're uh, Vincent, it's good with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, we mentioned that huge cast, you get new allies throughout the story, you know, different story developments and different story missions, bring new folks in. Uh, you can also recruit, uh, special characters on the maps. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be part of a mission that you learn about go- by going to visit, uh, some of these houses or there are named enemies, uh, that you can send your leader to, to speak with them and convince them to join you. Yeah. Your leader or a specific character that might have a connection. Correct. Yeah. And there, there are hints at this, uh, either in the opening kind of cinematic part of a, of a level or in those houses. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I liked being able to recruit people. I wasn't a completionist about it, but I liked that it was extant. Yeah, it was a fun goal to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, to me, it is a, a more sensible goal than, like, going and checking on this house. Yes. You know, yeah. um, so there are a, a million characters in this game. Um, I, you know, being honest, and this you know, is probably infuriating to some people, they blurred together to me pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember loot. I remember the father and son. Yeah. Um, I, the, uh, Joshua, the swordsman, mm-hmm. I like that guy quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the mercenary people, I like those people quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, we may not get in detail to your favorites and we also may not have gotten the best conversations because, you know, we did not fully engage with the support system for reasons we enumerated. Yes. Yeah. So understand that as we're going through and talking about these, you know, we're going to highlight the ones that, uh, that really spoke to us. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's talk about outside of battle. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, um, it's weird uh, that we're just not getting to this, but yeah. An unusual thing about this game is it has a world map. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, return. Series. Yes. Uh, you can return to previous towns uh, to buy stuff. You can revisit old maps. Um, there are randomly appearing monsters that will show up on certain map nodes, uh, making backtracking quite treacherous. All of this is pulled over from the second entry in the series, Fire Emblem Gaiden, uh, yeah. which was like discredited and ignored. And the development team specifically made a point to bring this forward. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there is also too, you know, if you're if you're saying, well, you know, if why are you complaining about going and checking on these houses in battle? Uh, if you can go back to the town, a lot of the battles have a sub goal of checking the houses before they get ravaged. Yes. And if you don't check them in that first battle, when you come back, they're dead. Yes. So uh, it is not true that uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you can just kind of go back, but you can go back. Um, this has led this, uh, this entry, you know, it is well loved. It's also fairly divisive in the fandom because it's called the easiest in the series, yeah. uh, just because you do have the ability to grind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I, you know, I didn't, did not do, 
uh, in this game. And also, I don't think this game is super easy. No, um, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I could if I could have ground to make it easy, um, I it will just have to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because yeah, I'm, I'm going to avoid that because it is like, as we mentioned, how long to beat is a lie on this one. It is a very long game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, if we call something hard. Just understand we didn't put in the, you know, tens of hours. Yes. So, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so this was developed alongside the uh, Path Path uh, Radiance, uh, the mm -hmm. GameCube entry in the series. They didn't really think they were going to make another Game Boy Advance one. It, like, I get the sense this just kind of happened by accident. <laughs> they they hired a bunch of freelancers uh to come in and finish this up um and like weirdly that bifurcated process created two entries in the series that are pretty well regarded mm -hmm. yeah yeah yep yep um and uh yeah so as we mentioned this is a kind of a successor to fire emblem gaiden uh gaiden um which ended up getting remade like one of the weird things about the series is that it's constantly like doubling back on itself like a yeah. lot of late entries are remakes mm -hmm. um the game fire emblem echoes is a remake of gaiden i just learned that last night yeah <laughs> um yeah. another reason why this is considered a good entry point and probably why ben picked it uh, mm -hmm. in part is because it is unrelated to the previous games right um, it takes place in a far-off continent has a self-contained story yes. and we'll, we'll get in the bulk of what we'll be talking about in the body of the episode is that narrative right uh, the characters in this game don't really show up again. They, you know, they appear as street pass content, like DLC for Fire Emblem Awakening. But this is not like, you know, where you're playing. Fire yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's or, uh, uh, not uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's yeah. Not like Smash Brothers. Right, right. You know, it's not like, you know, the main line of the story where, you know, everybody's a descendant of Roy or something like that. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no Roy's or Marth's, even though the, the two principals in this game do have uh, quite a fandom. Yes. Um, this game sold uh, fairly well by comparative standards, even though, you know, after this, the series didn't end up in mm -hmm. in trouble um, and is regarded pretty well yeah. uh, by fans of the series, even though, again, that is not, uh, you know, the Fire Emblem fandom is a fandom divided mm -hmm. uh, is one of the things that I learned because uh, there this engenders very strong opinions in both directions. Yeah, uh, to, to take take Willie's monologue in The Simpsons about how the Scots ruined Scotland. Um, yeah, exactly. And you, got, you get a really good sense. <laughs> <laughs> you get a really yep. good sense of what's going on there. Um, you know, part of the reason uh, why this sold so well, I think, is because this did come to America so late. Um, everybody was like, who are these blue-haired sword dudes in Smash Brothers Melee? There was a uh, um, an, uh, an appetite for this, is the sense that I yeah. got. Yeah. Yep. So they were still yep. in, the in the honeymoon phase. Uh, new Fire Emblem games come out every few years. As of this recording, the most recent, like, literally just came out. Uh, three houses for the Switch. Like Gary said, that is, you know, has a lot of new systems in it. It's very different than this. But, you know, it's cool to see that they, uh, you know, after Awakening, they started uh, playing around. They got a little bit less uh, less hidebound. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, you know, good. Mm -hmm. Like, I want this, uh, the series. So, like... I've been pretty negative about this and the end of this game left me with a rotten taste in my mouth. The things that I think are cool about this, I do want to see, like at some point I will probably pick up three houses. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in that. I don't like the fact that you're a teacher and you have, you can date former students. I think that's gross. Yep. Um, and it, date, peers. I, <laughs> date peers, only date peers. It's not complicated at all. Yeah. It's just a steadfast rule that should always be true. <laughs> These power imbalances are gross. You need to stop it. Uh, I know this is a thing. Uh, in some Japanese media, not all, not mm -hmm. making a general, you know, straight generalization. It is something that comes up from time to time, mm -hmm. like the teacher uh, thing is, you know, but we, we, you know, get over that. Don't stand so close to me stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, just, just stand close to people your own age with the same amount of power. 
as you. <laughs> um, yeah, those are the people you should stand. Yeah. But I, I am interested in it. And part of it that is interesting to me that I didn't um, – when I was looking at what people like about the series uh, and that I realized is that it is solidly a fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Like unlike Final Fantasy, it this never moved into like whatever you would call Final Fantasy thirteen now. Like <laughs> I don't even know how to describe the genre of that. That's just sci-fi, like literally. Yeah, no. yeah, like well, like a weird fantasy, like di- diaphanous, like yeah. fantasy sci-fi. Though it's like a very strange hybrid mm-hmm. uh, of this, and this is just swords and dragons, yeah, and stuff. Like, and I am I love that shit. Like I yeah. put wizards in my veins. Like this is my favorite stuff. Like I love that they they do that. I love that they stuck with it. You know, and we mentioned earlier, um, and this will come out when we talk about the plot, but the writing in this is generally above average. Like, I don't think that it is world stopping, but it's not embarrassing at any point. Like the dialogue does not feel dumb. Mm -hmm. Like it's like it moves along at a good clip. And at least the the setup of this is actually really good. The resolution and the antagonist, they have some real problems with, um, at least in my route. But the uh, the the setup and, and, you know, idea of it is pretty solid. The worst it gets is cliche. Yes, which is uh, and it, a and high does it. Yeah, but it, but that is a high thing to say about it. It never gets like, you know, stomach churning. It doesn't get dumb. Yeah. Like I'm never like this is so dumb. It yeah. just kind of goes through some motions that I've seen mm. before. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, to, to, because you gave your top line at the start here, I'll give mine as well. I'm in a very similar boat. The, uh, kind of the back half of this game, I was, you know, just not, not necessarily, not, not necessarily that into it. I'm real curious about more recent entries in the series. I want mm-hmm. to jump in and see with this fresh in my mind and, and see what changed, um, specifically because I am into kind of just the general level of the decision, the, the, the decisions that you make on each individual map and, like i don't know the characters stuck out to me like the kind of story mm-hmm. and the way it is told is cool and good yeah yeah this made me extreme like in a weird way made me extremely and i'm oh, a low level of horniness for this at all the time mm-hmm. but made me super horny for when eventually we get to xcom yeah like i i just want to do some xcom <laughs> give me that strategy so bad like in that mi- that macro micro like mm-hmm. uh research yeah kind of thing like that is the the kind of short long game that i want to be playing right now yeah um but yeah it is. Uh, it is cool. It is. Uh, there are definitely some good things about it. Yeah. Um, let's get into it. Uh, so we start off with a prologue. Where, uh, when, you know, it's kind of like the attract mode or when you, when you first start the game, talking about how there are these sacred stones that are used by these five kingdoms to steal away or seal away a great evil on the continent of Magville. Yes, and we get a rundown of, you know, generally these different kingdoms and their rulers. Kingdoms mm-hmm. and rulers are just really important in the series. We pretty much always play as a lord of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of like the the, the present. It's very Metal Wolf Chaos. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very the king or prince just goes off to go fight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the inciting incident is that with that explanation, the Grado Empire has now moved to attack the main kind of kingdom here of Rene, our viewpoint kingdom, rather. um, And Prince Ephraim has gone missing. Yeah. Yep. Um, The king, uh, Fado, uh, Fado, Fado, uh, as the king of Rene, orders Seth, who is, you know, this kind of uh, this great knight to take his daughter, Erica, the, the princess, to safety in Fralia. Right. Um, who is another neighboring kingdom. Yeah. Uh, after confirming that she still has her bracelet, uh, that is one of the 
very cliches things about this game. I was like, oh yeah, the bracelet's the stone. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, yeah. just, is your bracelet still okay? Why do you ask? Oh no reason. <laughs> you know, uh, the Fado's poker face is not great. Yeah, nobody's poker like, face is great. Like the the no. bracelet just keeps coming up. I just wanted Erica to say it's the stone, isn't it? And then they could yeah, say but... no, because no. it's because it's not it's a stone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's part of the, the it's part of the key, but it's very right. stone related. Yes, it's like <laughs> make, sure, make sure you bring your teddy bear. It's not filled with a hundred dollar bills, is it? No, yeah. no, it's, it's it's twice as many fifty dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not judging you yes um (laughs) but you're running away from the castle as it gets sacked uh and we get introduced to Walter, uh Walter the moonstone who is you know grado's finest general he's a real creepy dude oh he talks about bloodlust and stuff like that and uh attacks trying to abduct erica but uh seth gets her away from him yeah. And uh, this is kind of the first, um, you know, a lot of the, the characters have a little bit of the like how to draw anime the anime way yeah, uh, yeah. to them. But Valter uh, looks real like I like the way that they make the uh, evil characters look evil mm-hmm. in this, which is primarily making them look tired. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, so Valter has got these like this kind of like mm, yeah. eyes a little bit and uh, like, big bags under his eyes. A little eyes. bit waxen. Yeah. Yeah. And makes it makes him look uh, very explicitly evil. Yeah. Um, so as they're getting away, uh, Seth is injured. Yeah. At this point, which is going to kind of you know be in any of his supports that's going to come up. Mm-hmm. And recovering from his injury. Yeah, even though he is absolutely just running the battlefield. Yeah, yeah he, you solo with him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is how you get your basic combat tutorial: is Erica coming to Seth's rescue as some bandits catch up. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like a, like a big part of this is that like even though Grado comes in and sacks Renee, Renee, I'm going to call it Renee, uh, just mm-hmm. to making that decision now. Um, they just basically neglect it afterward, and the cha- like the chaos of bandits coming in is what ultimately is the bigger problem. Yeah, yeah, you get a little bit of a sense of what the world state was like before the the in, you know inciting incident. Yes. Um, and like the thing that is cool about this first third of the game is that it is Erica trying to get out of this kingdom as it is falling apart. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, a little bit of a spoiler, like the first third of this is my favorite Yes, part of it. Um, which I, you know, I don't know how popular that is, but it is, uh, it's true for me. Yeah. Um, as a thing. So this moves us on to chapter one escape. Um, so Grado's men, uh, had advanced on the kingdom of Relia and, uh, at the border castle of Milan, uh, where Princess Tana is organizing a search for Erica. Yes. So this is uh, another royal. This is the royal of uh, Freyla. Yeah. Uh, Tana, I think uh, she is a, a, a Pegasus rider, something like mm-hmm. that. I always end up like rescuing her. She was not necessarily uh, the not most. Not strong enough. No, yeah. not, not at all. She, she is, she's in the, uh, you know, if it gave me the, like, in the arms of an angel, like, those be lost real. <laughs> yep. Like, she died. She was my first death. Yep. So, like, I knew, you know, and I tried that I, re, you know, reloaded a couple times mm-hmm. with her, and I just got bad luck. Yeah. And was it was before I knew how to play the game and not put her in danger correctly. Mm-hmm. There's something about how, uh, you know, once you drop somebody off, that's the end of your turn. Mm-hmm. Or I just didn't have enough movement to also get out of the way. Yeah. So I would I would try to bring a, a tanky character into an area, and then the enemy would ignore the tank and just kill the Pegasus right rider. Her. Yeah. 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 So, so. rest in peace, Tana. <laughs> in the uh, – I don't have the button. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Seth and Erica, they arrive as Tana is kidnapped, and you've got to save this town. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so the first the first battle takes place at a pretty good level of zoom. Uh, you know, you have some allied units who show up, Franz and Gilliam. Franz is one mm-hmm. of your first uh, non-Seth mounted characters. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Gilliam is your um, he is uh, your first tanky guy. Yeah, you know, wears heavy yeah. armor, uses lances, moves like two two squares at a time, but like barely anything can touch him. Yeah, yep. And this is a, a good time maybe to point out the the minor differences between the weapons as well. Yes, because it's not just the the triangle. So lances are kind of average mm-hmm. um, across the board. Swords uh, do a little bit less damage, but are high crit mm-hmm. uh, and high accuracy. And axes are low accuracy, uh, low crit, but very uh, high damage. Yeah. So that's kind of their thing. So lances were very, um, I liked lances because they were very steady. Yeah. You know, trying um, to minimize that random randomization. Yeah. I liked using, uh, I liked uh, using Ephraim because he is a main character who doesn't use a sword. He, you know, he's, yeah. he's a lancer. Neat. Yep. So, yep. And then, and then uh, when I eventually got my, my mermaid and like ended up mm-hmm. using Joshua a lot in uh, my game. Yes. I uh, used, and he was, he was pretty powerful. I used Joshua so. quite a bit as well. Um, yep. it's, it's an easy mission. Um, the enemy leader, uh, Brett Brigwit, um, he, you know, has a few men to deal with, but really you're just, you're still very much in tutorial mode at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brigitte, he is, uh, uh, standing in this gate, uh, to the Mulan castle. Um, if you are standing in a fortification, you you heal at the end of every turn. Um, if you send somebody up to do an attack on them, it, like it'll, it'll just be, you know, resisted really. It'll do very little damage. Uh, a hint at a house says, uh, that a rapier will pierce his armor. Uh, turns out Erica has one of those things. So like I sent her up and defeated him in one turn. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we should talk about, uh, stats and the attack economy yes. part of this. Um, so we have a stat called speed. Which uh, determines um, how many attacks you get. If you beat an enemy's speed by a certain number, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what it is exactly, um, you'll get multiple attacks. Uh, so it would work like you attack, they counterattack, you attack again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, If you have low enough speed, you only attack once. Yeah. Um, there's also a really important stat called Constitution, which determines uh, not your HP or your defense like you might think, but determines how heavy equipment yeah. you can carry. And uh, wearing having very heavy equipment uh, cuts down on your move and your uh, your speed mm-hmm. thing. So you will get fewer attacks if you're using equipment outside of your class. Yeah. Um, and this is a way that a lot of enemies that look like they're going to be, you know, bosses that look like they're going to be unbeatable are actually pretty beatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I pretty much always tried to maximize for getting two attacks in what I could. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's the kind of balance for some of the weaker characters that they often get two attacks. That means they're going to take an attack between those attacks mm-hmm. generally, though. So they have to be, you know, have high enough evade or you need to prioritize enemies with low enough accuracy. Yeah. Um, additionally, it's not two attacks that have an equal chance to hit. Um, yes. You know, one can miss and then one can hit. Exactly. So, yep. Yeah. Um, after you take out that guy, uh, you ride for Freyla Castle. Uh, the king there tells you that uh, King Fado, uh, your, your father, fell to Degredos' men. Yes. So uh, the king is dead, and we have uh, one prince who is missing and a princess who is basically in exile right now, pretending yep. to be a mercenary. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Ephraim is ridden deep into enemy territory to fight Gratos to actually yeah. go there. Um, so King Hayden, uh, who's the king of this land, uh, will send warriors to escort, escort Erica right. and provide reinforcements um, and provide uh, – I think this is where you get your, like, um, supply train. Oh, yeah. 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 So you can uh, – you know, your characters can only carry a certain number of items – uh, with them, but you can also just send things to the caravan mm-hmm. and the caravan is always available. Uh, yeah. Certain characters just have access to it in the battle mm-hmm. and you always have access to it in between battles. Yes. 
Um, and if you're standing, like if a non-caravan character is standing next to a character, you know, usually Ephraim or Erica, they have access to it as well. They don't have to do like yep. a whole trade back and forth kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, something that I like about this, it's just window dressing, but like it works into the dialogue. W when you take a new place, it's not just that like, oh, we're here. Like somebody, usually Seth will come in and say, oh, we've garrisoned people at the village behind us, et cetera, et cetera. Like in the yeah. fiction, it's not just a bunch of, you know colorful haired dudes running around and doing stuff like there is a greater you know like su supply train that is going on yeah yeah it's somewhere weird it's kind of like it reminded me uh, again of a, being a little bit between you know the level of tactics games because it had kind of a three kingdoms feel to it mm -hmm. where it almost feels like these individual units represent armies yes they don't you know because when they show them attack it's just a dude mm -hmm. attacking another dude but it would also make sense if they represented unit you know uh units yeah if they did that like civ you yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this moves on to uh, chapter two, the protected. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So we're heading into Grado and we're going to, we have to start with this village of Aida. Um, mm -hmm. And this is like a mountain pass. And when you go through, you see these three villages that are under attack by bandits. This is the first uh, um, uh, map that introduces uh, kind of just a neutral uh, side in the battle. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, represented by green. They usually go, they go between you and the enemy. Um, and we've got these, uh, these allies that we can bring in Ross and Garcia, who are a father mm -hmm. and son. Garcia is the, the, the father. He, both of them are ax people. Um, uh, he has good, Garcia has good set, good stats at the start. Ross is a trainee and has like much better growth than Garcia yeah. is at the trade off of being far more fragile right now. Yep. Uh, and they are recruitable. Um, you know, you can pull that. You can still grab them. Yeah. So like, I, you know, going and grabbing Ross and then if you can make Ross talk to Garcia, you can recruit him during the battle. Mm -hmm. uh, this thing. Um, this is basically that is the idea is your tutorial for rescuing. Yeah. Um, here uh, because your Pegasus Knight, uh, Vanessa, and you get a Pegasus Knight and a, and a priest, mm -hmm. uh, Mulder, uh, who show up and yeah. uh, you're going to want to rescue these two guys. Yeah. So uh, v v Vanessa is OP as all hell. Her growth yeah. is crazy. Yeah. yeah, Vanessa worked out well for me. I think at some point Vanessa got benched just because I found something more interesting, but I don't mm -hmm. remember exactly. Yeah. Um, priests are like a weird value proposition in this because you can only gain experience by doing actions mm -hmm. in this. Um, and you're kind of limited. You know, they only get, you know, this one turn unless somebody needs healing. They can't do anything. Right. So I had a, I, you know, I definitely took healers along with me, but they didn't grow mm -hmm. very much and they kind of remained not super powerful throughout. I know that they can be like, I looked at like this character Mulder is a meme mm -hmm. because you can turn him into a very powerful unit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, did not have that experience. Yeah. I, I like, I just successively benched all of my healers until I got uh La Archel. Um, yeah. you know, you just outclassed all of them. It's really weird. Um, the way that you just get units later that uh, obsolete previous ones. It's almost as if they think the previous ones would have died. And that you <laughs> need to replace them. Well and they give you they give you level appropriate ones. No. So. No. No, you can't you can't let the little like colorful haired character die. <laughs> I think you're supposed to. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I and because there's items that heal as well. We should yeah. we should mention that. So yeah. it's not like this is the it's the only way you can heal. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. No. Um, so when you, when Erica visits one of these villages, she will hide her identity. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're behind enemy lines. There are going to be Grado generals here. This is our first encounter with Selena. Yes. Uh, one of the three kind of Grado generals that we'll, we'll deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, you recruit Garcia and Ross at the end. You kill all the bandits. Um, there's an archer there as well, uh, which flying units are weak to archers. Mm. Um, archers are a little underpowered in this game. Yeah. I found like, uh, they're, you know, they're okay. Yeah. Um, I ended up using the uh, prince that you get later 
uh, who starts as a pre-promote uh, is much more useful than the archer that I actually get. Yeah, and it starts uh, as a sniper. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I ended up liking uh, the sniper one. Mm-hmm. Um, and a villager comes to, to approach uh, Erica and warns her that there's this infamous band of thieves in the area. Um, and that, hey, I heard from Ephraim, he's outnumbered. Yep. <laughs> like, all these Ephraim updates just from <laughs> random people is pretty weird. Everyone subscribes to the blog. Like, his Instagram's getting real dark. You have, you know. <laughs> so, you have yeah. send somebody to check on him? I know you don't have any cell phone service here, but. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just checked. It's getting lit. Um, and this is this is the first of several flashbacks, you know, flashback mm-hmm. to three years ago. Erica is asking Ephraim to teach her how to fight. Uh, she doesn't want to be a burden on him. Uh, not really here for any of this. Honestly, uh, I, yeah, I don't I don't actually like the two main characters of this game. very No, much. no. Like the the other characters in the game, some of them I thought were pretty cool. Like, I think loot is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are fun characters in this game. I think that the two main characters are uh, like pretty painfully bland. Yeah. And the the a weird thing about the emotional stakes of this game is that the uh, trio, the friendship of the trio is it's very important that I. I believe in that yeah. for the emotional stakes to pay off at the end. And I, I did not get invested very much. Yeah. But um, this is very cliche. Like Erica just being very demure mm-hmm. uh, during a lot of this, like being yeah. very mousy. It doesn't feel like she's a particularly strong character. No. And Ephraim is honorable, but good. And like the worst that he gets is just a little bit too devoted to his friends. You know, yeah. I think that, I think that if I had a negative trait, it's that I'm too much of a, it's I care too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could say I'm an overachiever. I'm a yeah. perfectionist. Yeah. You know, yeah, all these characters are job interviewing. This you know, player. <laughs> well, the, 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 oh. those two specifically. Yeah. 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 Um, so back in the current day, a thief steals Erica's bracelet and Seth freaks out because his teddy bear full of cocaine is gone. So we got to go get mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's like, no, we have to get the bracelet. So if you are slow and you don't understand that there's something to the bracelet mm-hmm. now, you, now you do, yes. um, this moves on to chapter three, the bandits of Borgo, Yay. um, which I love the bandits of Borgo. <laughs> um, so yeah. And in, in retrospect, it's a weird kind of pacing thing. Cause it's like at the end of the game, I was like, why are we spending so much time on just like trifling bullshit? Like mm-hmm. these monsters. And I forgot that you spent a lot of the beginning of the game with like just unrelated bandits and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this is definitely side quest material. This is definitely Yuffie stealing the materia to introduce yeah. you to new classes. Um, but I still think it works better just because it's novel. Yeah, it's it's novel. I think I'm a little bit more into it specifically because uh, it you know this is building the world world a little bit like you know, like I said, um, Renee and Grado are in war and bandits are gonna mm-hmm. you know rise up. Um, you know, in the midst of that and take advantage of stuff. It feels this, this feels motivated in a way that like, I don't know, there's a big mountain full of eggs. Yeah. That <laughs> fucking egg mountain, dude. Yeah. Like, egg, egg mountain, the, when the point at which I, I messaged you at some point on Slack and I'm like, this game is fucking dragging. It was egg mountain. <laughs> I hate that egg mountain. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and it's so, it's so weird. Cause it's, it's not what the, you know, the game doesn't usually have monsters in it. We didn't mention that when we talked about the iconoclastic nature of this game, but yeah. monsters being in this game is a rarity as well. Right, right. They're there because they were in Gaiden and they wanted to do callbacks because this is a weird developer that is so bound by tradition as yeah. almost as if it is like genie's gaze. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, uh, we go up into the mountains, uh, and we're approached by this young girl named, uh, Niemi, uh, who, uh, says, Hey, you need to rescue my friend Colm. Um, who uh, went to this bandit base to steal something back from them. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy joins us. Uh, she's an archer and Colm is a thief. Yes. And we'll go to the mission where uh, we start with Amy, but if Amy talks to Colm, we get Colm. Otherwise, Colm goes and 
steals everything before we can get to it. Yeah. Um, so this is our first indoor mission. It's great that we get Naomi here as an mm -hmm. archer because uh, archers can shoot over walls. Ceilings don't yeah. exist in this world. Nope. It's all, it's like uh, LA. You're it's like basically open air everything. <laughs> yes. Um, the uh, And I was pretty disappointed in Naomi. Naomi is where my, um, a couple of realizations about the systems of this came forward for me. One, um, looking up, uh, I was like, oh, cool, an archer. Like, Everyone who listens to the show knows my dumb weakness for archers. Um, so I was like, yeah. And also just attacking from a distance seemed really useful yeah. to me. Like there's a hatchet, uh, the little boy Ross has. But I was like, you know, this would be really cool to have a strong archer. Mm -hmm. um, and then wanting to play her, her getting a couple bum levels in a row and then looking online and seeing like, oh, like I was like, oh, why did I get a, an absolutely dog shit level? Looking online, learning about the, the growths. Then seeing that this character is not considered to be like a good character. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's nothing game to, to suggest that. Like, I know that if I had better luck, I could use her. But it was just it was very disappointing yeah. to me um, because they also have like an interesting dynamic. Like she's also really demure, which is not great. Colm's just a total asshole yeah. uh, to them. But they're definitely like a pair, like their supports and stuff, which I read later are like interesting. Yeah. You know, they have a relationship and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I want this thief archer pair. Uh, mm -hmm. Nope. You know, no to you. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, so you need to get to the, the throne room. This is usually I have a couple different types of missions or survive, mi survive missions, route missions, which means kill everyone and then capture, right. like go and grab a specific spot. This is one where we have to grab the throne where Bazba, the bandit of Borgo is. <laughs> so <laughs> syllables yeah, Basba, the man it's a borgo is going oh. to Buca de Pepo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man this yeah no just incredibly good phonemes uh yeah. phoneme game on point uh so uh this the, this is good and fun uh i like the uh, uh you know just the, the the bottlenecks that result from these indoor mm -hmm. uh the, these indoor missions uh this one is relatively brief you know eventually every map is going to get big including the indoor maps um we're at a good level right now though um, after this seth takes erica's bracelet from colm you know was, was was the one who stole it from the first play in the first place uh and then colm and Naomi join us uh and seth opens up saying like hey this bracelet is proof that fado trusted you and your brother uh but there's more that uh that seth isn't telling us yeah um, we cut to Grado because we get this. It's a cinematic view. We're not locked into any one perspective in this. Right. Um, where the the generals uh, are kind of split into two types. They're like the good the good old generals and the bad new generals. <laughs> Just the the, the the new demonic dipshits. Yeah, here <laughs> that are my sleepy in. recruits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, got, got a guy yeah. over here with the milky eye, just licking the licking the blade of a knife. <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought about that in terms of uh, what is it, Return of the King or whatever. Yeah. Like you know you know choose choose between two advisors. Here is uh, bravery, true heart, and grievous worm tongue. <laughs> Which one do you think you should choose? It's like, well, I might take the guy with the sunken eye. <laughs> with the wet handshake that's the guy i want on my team <laughs> you know uh the king has chosen all the people with the wettest handshakes yeah. um that's how so, scientology works <laughs> exactly they, they have a lot of thetons in the handshake yeah um so uh the king is introducing his his old classic generals to his skeezy new the new people hangs out with yeah. ever since he started doing coke <laughs> um, which includes Walter. right yeah. Uh, and he sends uh, Walter and Glenn, one of his classic good generals, off to go after Ephraim and Erica. Yes. And Glenn is like, I don't want to do that. No. You get the sense that Walter has a reputation. Um, everyone kind of knew him, and that is that is true. Yes. So, so um, this takes us to chapter four, Ancient Evil. We go to this forest of Zaha. 
mm-hmm. where there are no troops. This is our uh, uh, um, uh, first monster battle that we get. Yes. Uh, we're in this forest. There are tons of revenants. And I believe this is the uh, the map with. Um, nope, that's not the fog yet. Continue. Mm, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to have the fog soon. Yeah. Um, and this is, you know, before the monsters became a source of irritation. Yeah. Uh, to me. Um, we're in the beginning of this, we see uh, Arthur. Arthur, Arthur uh, yes. leaving his uh, his village to warn us about the monsters. Um, and he's a light mage, and he is made to destroy monsters. It's his job. Mm-hmm. And this introduces us to the magic triangle between light, uh, dark, and anima. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is also the uh, the uh, map where you can recruit loot, who is Arthur's friend. Uh, she's a yep. dark mage. Uh, yep. She is very fun. Um, just her dialogue. She is extremely studious. Mm-hmm. Um, studious and arrogant. Yes. You know, and again, we're, we're in the realm of archetypes here, mm-hmm. right? Like this isn't torment. Like we're not talking about that level of character stuff, but it, you can get fun archetypes. Yeah. Like loot is a fun archetype. Yeah. And that's why I, I favored loot because it was fun to have her around, you know? Yeah. So. F- f- fun is good. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, the, uh, so partway through the, the battle, some other troops appear led by – they're on a line led by a strange woman who is introducing us our comic relief character for the mid-game, which is like these guys – like I was really surprised they joined us because it feels like they wandered out of like a different game. <laughs> uh, like uh, Lara Kel or mm-hmm. Rachel or uh, La Rachel. I, 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 yeah, like Lara Kel or La Rachel is what I call her. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call her Rachel. It's fine. Um, shows up. Uh, we don't really know who she is yet. We're going to find out uh, later who she is, but mm-hmm. she has two bodyguards, and it's it's very uh, broad comedy. Yeah. <laughs> like, she is uh, in the TV tropes thing. She is a cloud cuckoo lander. Ooh, boy. Uh, is the, the TV tropes. And then she's got a little barbarian and a guy who's like, this again. And they come <laughs> and do these little sketches for you, and it's really weird. <laughs> like... It's a it's a very strange thing. Like I ended up actually liking this character eventually. Yeah, uh, reminded me a lot of like Luna Lovegood from the Harry Potter. I know read quote read a different book, etc. But like that's what it like she reminded me of. Yeah, in this. Yeah, it's a um, it's a, a very pungent character. I think. Yeah. 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 Real uh, real uh, real cheesy. Really chewing the scenery. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. This is the first time I made a note of enemies coming in behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, additionally, we're in a forest, so we learn the benefits of standing in trees. Also, this is a trick that they don't really use very much, but the idea of attacking trees to drop them as bridges. Yeah, yeah. I think this might be it might be unique. Uh, and it happens game. again in one other map. Okay. The, uh, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like Dark Souls 2. There's like two trees you have to <laughs> knock over to form a bridge, but only two. Only two. Um, this moves on to Chapter 5, The Empire's Reach, uh, which takes place in the town of Seraphiel. Um, we see this cleric named Natasha being chased by Grado troops, and uh, she's trying to warn them that the emperor has changed. Yes. Um, and this is also the map where we're introduced uh, to Joshua. Uh, he is yep. a, a Myrmidon. He is a, a, like this swordsman who specializes in critical attacks, uh, who is on the right team. Uh, he is this mercenary. Natasha wants to talk to him. Uh, this mm-hmm. is incredibly risky uh, because of the crits. I had to restart yeah. this mission so much because I knew I wanted him on my team, but he kept on killing Natasha. Incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Like the, the, the crit, you know, and like making you earn a hidden character is cool, but mm-hmm. it's just it's weird that the 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 accepted way to play these games is not to treat these as hidden characters that are a bonus to just treat it as a matter of course that you're going to recruit yeah everyone so yeah it's a huge pain yeah uh to you know to get her to him because she's uh so squishy um when you get him uh, he flips a coin and decides to join you he's got a real setzer 
yeah, air yeah. to him. You know, um, he's a compulsive gambler, just like every Fire Emblem fan. <laughs> yep. Yep. Got him. Got me in one. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> back it up. Did it. The, um, so, yeah, he decides to join you um, and then use his crits for good. Um, he ended up I had a, a very, uh, really good luck with his growths. So this ended up being a very powerful character that I yeah. use for the, the whole game. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's accepted or right or if that's the, the correct way to play, but that's how it worked out for me. Yep. I used so. him as well. He was just, he was just yeah. fun to have around. Um, mm-hmm. I liked his combat animations too. Oh, they're incredible. Yeah. When he, when, yeah. when he crits, like the air becomes blade. Yeah. It's super cool looking. Yeah. Oh. Um, so <laughs> what's, what's it's good? It's like microdosing anime. A little bit. Yeah. Like the, like the, the, the animations in this, uh-huh. it's like, you know, it's usually flashy action, like kind of loses me, but a lot of it's like charging up and, yeah you know, yelling out your name and stuff like that, that makes me annoyed. Mm-hmm. But just getting just the, the a really flat, like one flashy animation for a second. Hey, like actually works for me. Yeah. The style's not bad. It's the content. Yeah. <laughs> this has the style, but good content. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's really it. Yeah. Um, um, so what's weird is like recruit, recruiting Joshua is like, is the boss. yeah, like the, like everything else just falls down. Yeah. You know, what else is weird? Is this is the first map with an arena in it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I never I did mean, this. <laughs> it's it's so strange. Like, yeah. so this is the way that you could grind um, in previous Fire Emblem games. Okay. So uh, people who are like, say, who are angry at the people who say that grinding ruins this game, say you could always grind. Mm-hmm. Um, you go in, you choose one person to fight, and they just do a fight. Yeah. And if they win, you get money and they get experience. Okay. Um, it's something you do while you're trying to save a town or while you're trying to run. It's very weird. <laughs> while the world burns. While the world burns, you take a break to go do. And yes, I know you do that in any game with an arena, basically, but it's literally the enemies are right there. Yeah. You know, you just walk into the arena because mm-hmm. I think that Joshua mentions that he wants to spend some time in the arena. And that's, that's your gambling. first hint that it's, yeah. that it's gambling. Yeah. Um, so the enemy, the, the boss of this is not that difficult. Um, when you talk to Natasha afterwards, she says she served at Gratos' temple and overheard that the emperor was plying to destroy the sacred stones by yes. uh, giving him his motivation other than just kind of power. Yeah. Um, this takes us to our only guidance chapter, uh, chapter mm-hmm. 5X, The Unbroken Heart, where we get uh, something from Ephraim's perspective uh, before he reunites with everybody else. Uh, this starts with Walter and, and uh, I, I guess, Glenn talking about mm-hmm. how they have Ephraim pinned down, but there is a spy in his camp. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. Uh, yep. Guess what? It's the sleepy looking guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's the tired Legion has come again. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so elsewhere, uh, Ephraim and his band that includes a sleeper, yeah. a sleeper agent, um, <laughs> decide to uh, retake their home castle, mm-hmm. the Renee Castle. Uh, because, and like the little bit Ephraim before he becomes honorable, but good gets a little bit of character. Like in just say he's like our brash young prince. Yes. Or whatever is kind of the, the archetype we're working with. This here. is a very stupid thing to do. I thought so. Yeah. I was like, oh, they wouldn't expect it. And I'm like, that does lots of things that they wouldn't expect that also wouldn't work. Like this, is, this cop <laughs> is not going to expect me to grab his gun, but yeah. it's still not going to end well for me. Right. Like, just because the element of surprise, it doesn't mean that it's going to work. Right. And you're three dudes. Like yeah. you're not representing an army. No. Like you're, you're three dudes. Yeah. Um, but they do it. They, they go inside the castle. Um, there's lots of these dark mages that can pick you pick you off through the walls. Luckily your crew is pretty powerful. Yes. And luckily, uh, they're, they're, they're not casting status effects on you. It is just, yeah, yeah. yeah, that comes later. And boy, oh boy. Yeah. Status effects are become a big thing late in the game. Yes. Um, and this chapter ends with us retreating from the castle. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh shit. This was dumb the whole time. (laughs) Wait. Um, 
and and you leave, and then Valter knew that this was going to happen because he has as a spy, mm-hmm. and uh, he surrounds you uh, with his wyvern knights and asks you to beg for your life, and you say, "I know what he won't expect: attacking him." Ah. So you do that, and then that's what the, the chapter ends. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. Uh, so chapter six, victims of war were headed back to Erica, uh, goes to this sparsely populated plane. Uh, but uh, Grado's goobers, uh, they've been <laughs> tracking her and they've kind of set up this ambush here. This is the foggy map. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, fog of war in this game, which is cool. Like I always like that in, mm-hmm. in a strategic. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. Um, like if an enemy is in a spot where you're going to move through, it just it cuts your movement short and it puts up a little uh, exclamation mark. Do you, when you when you eventually uh, the enemy mage warps in the uh, evil general with the sleepy eyes, mm-hmm. ask for your bracelet because the emperor wants it, and he lies to you. And that's one of the things I like about this game mm-hmm. is the enemy. Like we know what happened, but the, you know, there's a bit of dramatic irony here. Yeah. So it's like, no, Aphrom's actually dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you're like, oh shit, and we have no reason not to believe that. Um, and then he uses a child as a hostage to get you to hand over the bracelet. Yes. Um, which of course you do because you're you're a good person and children. Right. Right. Um, and this is what breaks Erica. Uh, leads her to swear revenge on all of Grado. Um, although her character doesn't necessarily change as much after this. No, <laughs> no not, not very much. Yeah. Um, she's extremely naive right. uh, throughout and for her campaign. Um, so uh, your thief can actually see further in the fog, which helps with the side goal, which is rescuing this family at the far edge of the, the fog. Yep. Um, this family, these civilians are in a mountain clearing. Right. Um, and this introduces, there are also giant poison spiders mm-hmm. in this game, which also are a weird fandom meme. For this really? game, like I kept seeing people being like giant spiders, and I'm like, man, you- <laughs> it's video yeah. games. Like it's still, like yeah. even, even if it's even if it's yeah. rare for the series, it's still a video game. Yeah, this is very strange. Weak spots. Oh, okay. Weak, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool memes. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, uh, the forces here are nothing special, really. Uh, you just have more casters uh, here. Uh, I forget if you can get one of them here or if you can buy them from a uh, uh, fr- from a store before this. But uh, torches are a special kind of uh, staff that will light up certain areas of the map for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a good use for uh, um, not Vanessa. What's her name? But the, the, the cleric that we recruited. Joshua. Oh, Joshua. Natasha. Natasha. Yeah. Joshua's yeah. lady. Um, I also really like uh, the way uh you consumables work in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually like a holy water thing. I don't think it's called holy water, but that increases your uh, defense. Yeah. And they work, they start at a really high level and then decrease one for every turn. Mm-hmm. So they lose uh, efficient, you know, effectiveness as you go. Same thing with torches. Like it, it lights in a, a certain amount in a direction and then we'll slow, you know, light a little bit less every turn. Yeah. Um, kind of neat, you know, and I ended up actually using those waters quite a bit uh, late in the game where I needed to make somebody practically invincible to, to get to an area. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. Um, so this uh, this is when Seth actually tells you what the uh, the the bracelets are. You know, um, you and Ephraim's bracelets are the key to the secret sacred stone, Renee Castle. So okay, good to know. Yeah. Um, and we rush to Renval to rescue Ephraim because we assume that he's not actually dead. Right. We're gonna go uh, check him before he's executed. The uh, the sleepy mage might have actually dropped that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might have called his bluff and been like, oh, you're right. I, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> I have no reason to tell you the truth, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're us, us demon demon advisors are known for our honesty. <laughs> if you, so if you, if you can hold um, my arm behind my back and say my true name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we head over there to this uh, kind of two part uh, climax of this first act here. Uh, chapter mm-hmm. seven, Waterside Renval. Uh, this is a cool map. 
I like this quite a bit because you're mm-hmm. trying to get to the castle. Um, it's kind of out on this little um, outcropping, like on a cliff. Uh, and the, most of the map is covered by these uh, these artillery, which you need to prioritize because, you know, they're going to start picking you off, um, especially if you have flying units, flying units that may uh, take a shortcut that you may be yeah. inclined to use to take a shortcut, um, you know, uh, up to the gate. Yeah, it's one of the one of the ways that like the the being closer to perfect knowledge like really serves this game. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you can scout that out in advance just with your eyes. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, so you can you can kind of kind of guess that. Even though we have not seen Ballista yet, so it's very possible if you just send a, a shortcut unit up there, just have them get one shot and be like, well, time for restart or yeah. time for funeral. You know, one or the other. <laughs> it's time for funeral. <laughs> it's time for funeral. I guess I have to walk <laughs> to the cemetery our, now. <laughs> a funeral emblem. Yeah. Like it just the. Um, uh, so the castle uh, has two spearmen and two archers guarding it, which is pretty tough. Like they've actually kind of set up a defensive formation, uh-huh. uh, which I like. And then the enemy uh, general here has really high armor. So this is the first boss that I remember having to like tag team him. Yeah. You know, uh, send everyone who could survive a hit at him and taking multiple hits to get him. Yeah. Uh, re- rescuing is good for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um so once we get inside, uh, Erica and Seth see Orson, who is the the sleepy betrayer, uh, the sleeper, sleepy agent. Um, <laughs> That's my least favorite D and D module. <laughs> yeah, the sleepy betrayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gygax lost it on that one. Um, and uh, you know, we think that he he is, uh, you know, he mistake or so he we don't mistake him for an enemy enemy soldier. We know him. Like at, at first, we're just like he's like, oh, you know, I didn't expect to see you here. And then you're like. No, no, we're here. Where is uh, Ephraim? He's like, I'll show you. He's down in the dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> but then you uh, you call his bluff. Yeah, like a bunch like, of stuff doesn't make any it. sense. Like if you guys yeah. have this castle, why were all those dudes outside fighting us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this takes us to chapter eight. It's a trap. Memes. Yep. Memes. Yeah. Um, so inside the castle, Orson uh, tells Erica that she should give up the bracelet because she's in danger while she holds it. Seth kind of calls his bluff. Right, says, hey, right. I'm going to need you to hand over your weapons. It's a super cool moment. Mm-hmm. Seth is neat. Uh, right reinforcements show up. And uh, we find out that Orson betrayed uh, Rene uh, to reunite with his departed wife, presumably through demon powers. Yes. There's mm-hmm. a demon lord in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll learn that later, but just know that there's a demon lord in play. <laughs> yeah. It's cooler when it's hinted at as opposed to explicated. Once it becomes explicit, it's extremely dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like it, we, 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 we crash into a big fucking like, like just a truck full of cliches spills on us on the highway. Yeah. Like as soon as this gets explicit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's like we're carrying a bunch of like cups of barbecue sauce up the, uh, up the stairs and like it yeah. gets two stairs from the end. It's like, Oh no, it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, as you do. Yeah, you know, carrying yeah. cups of barbecue gotta sauce. Got to give uh, barbecue sauce to my addict stooge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you only eat sauce. It's the sauce <laughs> boss. It's what keeps them sleepy. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, this, is a, this is a cool mission. Uh, I like this quite a bit uh, because you start with Erica's troops in the bottom right of the map. And you think, oh, God, I am way outnumbered here. But Ephraim and his dudes show up from the bottom left and you can unite and make this uh, either make a unified push toward the throne or uh, split around. Yeah, yep. it's cool to have you get reinforcements, mm-hmm. you know, after you've seen it uh, happen. This is also where we're introduced to Murr, who is a young dragon girl. Yes, uh, she's got and the previous other entries in the series. There's lots of like dragons and dragon people mm-hmm. and stuff. That is a, a series thing. So that's that's here. Yep. Um, and we kind of learn, you know, at, at the end of here, like after at the end of here, um, you know, after we've uh, fought Toretto, who's Walter's lieutenant, 
um, the uh, we learn that something big and dark and vast is approaching. Yes. So uh, the demon's on his way. The demon is rising. The gates are open. Yes. Um, and there's going to be a lot of Murr just kind of obliquely talking about the dark energy to the south. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're going to have a story segment here. Uh, you know, this is labeled as Chapter 9, A New Journey, but this is going to set up kind of the middle act of this game. Yes. Um, and this is also where we're going to kind of pick up the pace, and I will follow my sword about that. I did not take notes uh, for mine, so I remember things about these missions. I have uh, a reference here, but I did not take as detailed notes as Cole did because mm -hmm. I was playing in bed exclusively. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, apologies for that, but we are going to pick up the pace here a little bit. Also, yeah. you know, long episode. Yeah. Um, so we're back in town. Ephraim and Erica, you know, they're back together and they're recalling the old times. Uh, we've seen uh, Lion or Leon. What do, we, what do we want to say? I want to say Lion, but. I say Lion. I've seen people pronounce it as Leon, uh, Leon on, you know, on YouTube or whatever, but I'll, I'll say Lion. Yeah. That's, what I'm, gonna, that's what I'm going to say when I see those letters. <laughs> yeah. Lion, same. same. You know? Lion. Lion makes sense to yeah. me. Um, uh, but yeah, they're, they're recalling back to a time with Lion. Uh, the son of Emperor Grado, kind of talking about, you know, what they planned, uh, you know, to pray for what their what their plans are for when they succeed their fathers. So we're about yeah. half we're about halfway through. And this is kind of where we're getting at the emotional core of this. Yeah, it took bit. a long time yeah. for, for us to get here. And we did the small stake stuff in this first act with the, the people, mm -hmm. really. And we're going to change focus away from that. Yeah. Uh, for this kind of middle section in a way that I don't think necessarily serves the game. Yeah. Um, I also don't like Lion as a character. No. Um, at least in Erica's thing. I don't know how much it changed. Um, he is just not very interesting. Right. Um, and this is also something that the fandom's really divided on. People love this character. They're like, mm -hmm. this is a really well-developed antagonist. Like, he meant to do well, and he didn't. And to me, that's just like, oh, like, have you read fiction? Is like, th this is you know, like, this is a real straight putt of a character who like makes a Faustian bargain to try to do well mm -hmm. and gets taken over by a demon. Like, this is a tale like literally as old as stories. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't think there's enough new here to really grasp onto. And there's yeah. not enough individual characterization to lie on, you know, to lie on to like really uh, get my heart yeah. at all. So. Agreed. Uh, but My understanding we'll, is there's a little bit more in with him in Ephraim's tale. Yeah, a, a little bit. Uh, he he more just kind of shows up to twist various knives on you. Um, mm. Yeah, that yeah. that's pretty much it. Uh, so we're back in the present where we've returned to Frelia uh, with Princess Tana and her brother Ines. And mm -hmm. we're just kind of talking about, hey, what's the what's the plan here? Erica reports saying like, hey. Um, King of Freilia, great is attempting to destroy all of the sacred stones. Like that explains, you know, the way the army is moving. Um, and everybody is like, oh, that old fairy tale, blah, blah, blah. You mean the fairy tales about the artifacts that you protect with your lives? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the entire thing we build our castles around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Murr's story, uh, you know, she talks about she encountered the, the, the great, oh, this corroborates this. Mm -hmm. um, we find out that she is part Manakeet. Uh, which is this half demon, like actually kind of like half dragon mm -hmm. race that lives in the Darkling Woods. We'll learn more about her later. Right. Um, she was lured into a trap because she felt this dark presence um, coming from Grado. Right. So, you know, and again, not, this is kind of like set as a reveal. It's just characters telling each other stuff the player already knows. Yeah. You know, like it, this would be kind of cool if Grado's motivations at this point were still a mystery. Mm -hmm. But we've had like we've seen Grado a lot. Like we've yeah. seen the king, you know, talk about this. We've seen him turn dark. So mm -hmm. like it's a little bit weird narratively to bit. repeat this this uh, this ground. Yeah. 
So a soldier appears, a herald, comes in saying, hey, Greta's forces have actually sacked the tower where we keep our stones. Like, it's really weird. Mm -hmm. We had everybody over here when the yeah, stone was we over there. Looking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the sir, we're idiots. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be we're sir. not smart, sir. Yeah. <laughs> no. We were looking, sir. No excuse, sir. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the plan is to split up. You know, we have Ephraim charged directly into Grado because that worked out really great last time. Um, mm -hmm. And Erica will go into Rouston to uh, try and protect the one of the remaining sacred stones over there. Um, my impression is that whoever you pick as the character you follow gets Seth. Gets everyone. Gets everyone. Not just everyone. Gets everyone you've recruited so far. Yeah. Um, and you get the same recruits. You just get them in different ways. Gotcha. Okay. That's my understanding. So it's a little weird. That. Like it's, yeah, it's not, um, you know, you're getting different content, but you're getting a lot of the same mechanics, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, whoever the armor, army just goes with whoever. Yeah. Uh, at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so this is where, where it opens up. You get to make your branching path here. Um, a tower opens up as a monster dungeon. Um, the world map opens up where monsters appear on the world map, so you can grind and backtrack if you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, Cole took Ephraim's route. I took Erica's route. And we'll be kind of going back and forth with those. And again, uh, a little bit quicker just because of my lack of notes, mm -hmm. which I do apologize for. But I was a sleepy boy in bed. Mm. I was slowly turning into a Valtair. <laughs> oh, no. So if you looked at my eyes, it'd be like, oh, who's that sleepy, <laughs> that sleepy evil man? <laughs> So let's start going back and forth here. Uh, Gary, what happens in your chapter nine, Distant Blade? Um, so we are trying to get to, uh, what's it said? Uh, Rousia, Rousia, Rousston. Rousston, Rousston, go Roustons. <laughs> uh, trying to go to Rousston. Um, so we're going to go through uh, the ship through uh, Carcino um, in the part, port city of Karis. And, uh, and head there. Um, Carcino is supposed to be a... It's ruled by a council of merchants. Like, it's not a very developed uh, kingdom out of these five. I don't think we get a recruit no. uh, from it. Um, and the idea is, since they're allies, we can see a lot of here. But when we come here, um, the, you know, not the case. Uh, they, they have actually, you know, they've pledged to support Fralia. They actually have not. Um, so we end up having to fight a bunch of pirates uh, here on the way out to try to get a ship. Uh, we do not do so. Um, instead, uh, you, uh, you know, you, you fight this, this boss, this guy named Binks, um, who is a ax, uh, guy who has a bow as kind of backup, mm. which is kind of the trick. It's a combo here. Um, and then we can run into, uh, an enemy unit, Amelia, who we can recruit here as well. Mm, yeah. Um, so I think, I think that we get the same units. Yes. Uh, here. Amelia is, uh, is recruitable in my mission nine as well. Uh, I could yep. not find a use for her. She was just absurdly fragile. Yeah, yeah. She's she starts. She I think she is a starts fragile gets good. Mm -hmm. Unit is kind of uh, the idea. Yeah. Um, you have to talk to her, and she's just kind of like a, a shy general. She doesn't really want to fight. And basically, you talk to her. It's almost like you bully her into joining you. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, you know, you're just kind of like, yeah, but what if you joined us instead? And she's like, ah, and she she does it. Basically, um, yeah, and that, that's basically it. Like, we are not able to grab the ship. Um, we fight some pirates. It's a little inconsequential. Yeah. Error. So, huh. Huh. Um, yeah. my mission is it's it's a little bit bigger. Uh, it's actually a really cool map. So mm -hmm. we uh, are headed over uh, again into uh, in, into Grado itself. We get a little scene with uh, with the emperor. 
sending out more of his people, but there's one of his uh, generals, uh, Dussel, who is one of the old guard. He's not one of the sleepy new dipshits. Who mm -hmm. was like, yeah, this is this is no good. Like, what do we gain? Like, every kingdom around us is in chaos. This is going to go back to us. None of this makes any sense. Uh, eventually, we're going to be recruiting Dussel. Um, uh, Fort Rigwalt is is where, where we're going to go go to first. This is guarded by somebody named Deb. D H E B. <laughs> hey Deb. <laughs> Hi Deb. Um uh and he's this big old guy uh who has captured this Pegasus knight. Uh I already have a Pegasus Pegasus knight. She is really hard to recruit because enemies can just attack her through the walls, which is a fucked up thing to do to a prisoner. Uh, yeah. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are they fair uh but this meat is really already certain this meat this map is really neat uh because it's got a meat grinder in it uh the there's really only one way into the castle and it's this main hall with two kind of like access holes off to the side that have casters and archers into uh, inside them so like mm. getting through that is a really big deal um and figuring out like what order of operations like do i send fragile range people in to take them out through the wall do i send my tanks up to uh to run around uh the side and then clear the way that's ultimately what i ended up doing but it's like a really neat design conceit mm -hmm. uh pretty good uh and there are casters here this is the first mission where you get um status effects at least the one uh non-poison status effects yeah casters can just put you asleep from across the map <laughs> that's a bummer and knock you out uh knock that unit out for about four turns uh yeah. which if they put you to sleep in the middle of a big uh big scrum guess what that character prop gone die so yeah yeah yep yeah um, Pretty big bummer. yeah but yeah. uh you know Ephraim quite questions prisoner hey general Dussel opposes the war we like literally just need to go talk to him um and it was not the king it was prince lion who convinced grado to invade um yes. and you know the emperor is just throwing every general at us that we can. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and our end, uh, we move forward uh, through uh, Carcino. You know, we don't get, get on the ship, uh, but Carcino uh, betrays us uh, and joined with the Grado. Mm -hmm. um, and they have stopped Prince Enes um, blocking his way, you know, to, to move further. So we have to go rescue, rescue him. Um, so we're introduced to a bunch of characters uh, in this. Um, the uh, There's a, Ennis, uh, you know, we can actually grab him mm -hmm. at this point. Um, having anyone talk to him who is a sniper, I ended up using him quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then there is this mercenary troop, um, which has uh, Garrick, who who is a mercenary class, mm -hmm. uh, who is pretty strong. Yeah. Um, you can go grab him. And then you can, uh, he has a dancer with him. This is the first time we found a dancer. Mm -hmm. um, the way dancers work in this uh, is their move is to give somebody else an extra move. Yeah. Um, so you can send them in with a powerful unit to kind of juice that unit. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. I ended up falling off my use case. I think she might be, you know, those we lost uh, at some point. <laughs> yeah. I think she might have died and isn't in the arms of the angel. Uh, uh, kind, kind of real at the end. And then finally, there is an enemy uh, who is hired to work for the mercenaries of Carcino mm -hmm. named Marissa, who actually is part of Garrick's company. Mm. So if Garrick talks to her, um, you can uh, recruit her. I just read about that, though. I did not recruit her because she has a Myrmidon. Yeah. I already had a good Myrmidon mm -hmm. and getting uh, Garrick over to her was obnoxious. Yeah. Um, the actual map, um, there are a couple of different uh, kind of strongholds there. And the main person we're fighting is Pablo, who is the quizzling member of the Carcino Council, hmm. who is trying to convince everyone to join Grado huh. uh, here. So uh, you have to go take him out. Um, he is a caster, um, which is kind of cool um, to, to fight this. He's a sage. 
um, at this point, which makes like approaching him difficult. Um, he was somebody I ended up doing drive by with ranged members myself uh, who could who could survive the uh, the assault. Makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's him. Yeah. Um, he, you know, attempted to uh, to kill Innes and was unable to. The mercenaries here are real weird. I like ended up liking them, but they're just more like uh, Innes orders them to continue forward and abandon him so they don't die. And they're just like, you know, noble kind of out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kind of join no, him. No, 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 yeah. Uh, my 10 is turning traitor. Um, we get to this, uh, we get to this town. Um, and as we approach Greta, we have these earthquakes coming in. Uh, this is the mission where you can recruit Dussel because he's left out in the cold. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Dussel is the person who trained Ephraim in, um, lance fighting. So mm -hmm. Ephraim, you know, like, Hey, he wouldn't go on. He wouldn't go along with this. I know him. Um, and you know, Selena drops the dime on him saying like, Hey, you know, you've got these second thoughts, you know, we can't have this, uh, you know, I'm taking this over. Uh, but then Walter arrives, relieves Selena of duty, uh, of duty because she is not sufficiently loyal as well. So we're in this town, um, and the mission is to survive 10 rounds. Um, you know, it's a pretty difficult map because you're starting outside the town and, you know, to, you have to work your way in because a bunch of flying units are going to come in from the north. Uh, mm -hmm. rec recruiting Dussel is good. Uh, it gets you another uh, mounted uh, mounted guy, and he can use a bunch of different kinds of weapons. I don't know about his growths. He just was generally useful to me. So, mm -hmm. um, and uh, something that is kind of crazy about this: you've got ships that are off the that, that are off the shore, and uh, they can just bombard uh, in this pretty wide range. So it's like the artillery, but you can't get to it to stop it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, don't bring any, uh, flying characters into this, uh, because, uh, they're, they are vulnerable to that. Um, but yeah, at the end of those 10 turns, you know, the, the, the replacement general came in to uh, relieve Selena is like, Hey, you know, nothing, nothing's worth this. He runs away. Um, and when you talk to Dussel, he says, Hey, things took a turn, you know, when Grado and Lion created something called the dark stone which is this artifact here that is said to be more powerful than the sacred stones. Uh, and this is where uh, La Rachel uh, shows up and says, Hey, if you guys are waiting for a ship, nobody is going out because you know, there's this phantom ship that, uh, that is probably in the seas. People are, are, are too afraid to sail, uh, but we get a ship mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and that'll be our next mission. But what's your uh, chapter 11? Um, this is what, you know, another, uh, well, Peter Francis Dracy mm -hmm. is my chapter 11. Okay. Uh, with the bankruptcy bankruptcy info tapes, what? the um, that's a, that's, a, that's a local commercial to the Midwest. I thought we had talked about Peter Francis Dracy at some point. No, I've been. Uh, he's he's a local commercial about filing Chapter Eleven. Gotcha. And uh, he asks you to call him for your free bankruptcy info tapes, <laughs> uh, which is a phrase that is cool. stuck in kids of a certain age from Illinois. Well, that phrase I just activated them. So, <laughs> um, the uh, so this is this is felt like a kind of shitty filler chapter. I forgot to mention that the, we uh, met a character named Ewan at the last one who's like, hey, you know, I can actually get you to where you're going. There's a secret pass uh, oh. through uh, K.R. Palin, this mountain range. Um, you head up there, and uh, basically it's just chock full of monsters. Um, the uh, the kind of big gimmick here, um, it is, is an indoor outdoor map, uh, which is cool. <clears throat> they have that kind of mix, and you fight a lot of monsters that have poison weapons. Mm. 
So you're introduced to a lot of poison uh, status effects, and we also get uh, La Rachel and Dozla, uh, gotcha. her her berserker buddy. But the plot is not advanced. No. no. During this uh, this thing, it is a fog of war map with poison weapons. It's very gimmicky, mm-hmm. and you fight a lot of just monsters, yeah. um, just tons of reinforcements of uh, bone walkers, which are skeletons that are not hard right. to beat. Uh, you just fight tons of them. So yeah. it's pretty like disappointing, actually. Like it's uh, there's not a whole lot to it. So um, and that's going to be kind of a, a, a theme, really. Like I'm going to do also just more just monster fighting is going to happen. So, yeah, that's kind of uh, how I feel about uh, my chapter 11, the Phantom Ship, which I should by mm. all rights love. It's a, it's an interesting fight. It just doesn't advance anything. So we're on this mm. boat um, uh, before we get there, though. Selena goes back to Grado to beg for forgiveness, but he sends her over to recover this dragon stone. Uh, you know, that's where eventually we're going to find her. Um, but we're on this boat. And interestingly, um, you know, everything is foggy and there's nowhere really to go. There are just some flying monsters that approach after a couple of turns. Another ship starts approaching and like we can see them and more will come over. And then after another turn, it will actually kind of like dock with us and, you know, planks will be across. And this is just a map where you have to kill every monster um, uh, as they kind of try to board your ship. Some of them are flying eyeballs and things like that. Uh, it's a cool fight because it is basically just two opposing platforms with bottlenecks, which is neat. Um, mm-hmm. This is where uh, the mercenaries, the Rachel and all those uh, show up as well uh, to join us. And she pledges herself to our cause because she is the princess of Ralston. Remember, she is the incredibly goofy character. He's kind of like a Don Quixote kind of figure, you know, going around just vanquishing evil from the land, etc. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I have another like what feels like a filler chapter. I'm getting into the dragon stuff. I think that's basically what Erica yeah. her path does. Um, that you and character who sent us here, um, we up through this mountain pass, uh, we're heading to the village of silence. Um, we're introduced to this character named, uh, Sela who knows Mur. Um, they're, they're both from the same kind of order, hmm. uh, here. And, uh, Ewan actually joins us. So he's the magic pupil, uh, class, like trainee class. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the low level magic character. So he's probably good. If I put a lot of points into him, I did not. Right. Um, and you fight a lot of monsters. Like this, this was driving me nuts. Like I was pulling my hair out at this point of the thing where none of the politics were in play, just a little bit of mythology, but then, Hey, we have to move through this mountain pass. Um, the kind of gimmick here is that it is, uh, it is like a, a path through the mountains. So there are, you have a very limited kind of play field. Mm. It's really easy for you or the enemy to make bottlenecks. Um, but the enemy often would just kind of go over mountains and take a thousand turns to do it. So, you know, they were not flying units. Um, it was pretty frustrating. Mm. Um, you get Sela who is pretty good. Um, Sela is an interesting character. Um, not, not interesting, but effective. Yeah. Right. Um, as a sage, good magic user. You also, one of the houses gives you the barrier staff, which is a positive status effect, a buff. And weirdly, yeah, super good, like really powerful and also allows a magic character to gain experience without healing. Right. Someone or being in danger. It's weird that the, the, we're more than halfway through the game before we get that. Yeah, they introduce status stuff and buffs and everything very late yeah. in this. Like that simplicity, again, is not my all time favorite thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's, there's like it's it's fairly plot neutral. Um, <laughs> you know, we're introduced to characters who are going to be very important to exposition mm-hmm. um, later. But there's just a lot of talk about omens and evils and dark woods and making our way to the darkling woods. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, it's I'm I'm losing my mind about mm. how little this has to do with 
the cool geopolitics shit that we had done. Yeah, it looks like I got all of that. Because like we're yeah. on a journey into into hostile territory, and like this the the way this climaxes is cool and good. Um, in retrospect, that sounded way cooler to me. Yes. So yeah, um, I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> so, I mean I don't know. like you know it, it, uh, it wouldn't be fire emblem if you weren't bragging about a coin flip. So yeah, yeah. So, the, Whoa. Uh, yeah feeling good about a feeling good devastating. About, good about a thing that has fifty fifty percent chance. So Whew. yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so my chapter 12 is called Landing at Tizel. Uh This is on the other shore here. Uh, Ephraim and Seth are kind of like arguing about like like the best way to proceed. Uh, when a bunch of creator troops swarm in, they've been waiting for us. They know everything. Uh, they see everything. They can do everything. Uh, this is where the creepy general like invas or something like that. I call him the creepy general because like a hunched, hunched over guy who's like wringing his hands like a like a fly. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Very Runfield. Yes. Uh, and gives the current general here his leave of absence and says, you know, like, ah, I can use my friends. He floods the town with monsters um, in addition to some of the regular folks around here. Um, and this is a huge map. Um, you start out on the ship and you've got like two docks on the, on either side. They're like little like fortifications that you have to break by fortifications. just mean like little enclaves of dudes that are in bottlenecks uh, that will surround you if you do not approach them in the right way. Uh, this is the map where I get uh, Ewan. Uh, he is looking mm -hmm. for a woman named Marissa who is fighting for Grado. Uh, it's funny because Marissa is this mercenary and he recruits her by saying, oh, the orders got mixed up. You're supposed to fight for these guys. So he literally pulls mm. a duck season rabbit season on her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, but this is just a long and grinding fight. Uh, it feels like it advances things just a little bit more because, you know, again, we're in this town. We are seeing what uh, what Grado is willing to do to its own people. Uh, the advancement here is that Murr runs away uh, at the end of this. Mm. Yeah. Um, I move on to uh, Hamill Canyon. This is where we're kind of back in it. Um, this is uh, on our way to uh, what is the name of this? Jao ja Jahana? The, yeah. uh, the home, we finally made it here. Um, and uh, it is like a large desert map, like really huge map as well. Very open um, here. And uh, this is kind of the climax of the the Pablo plot, the Carcina mm. uh, betrayal plot, where we finally get to put that guy out of his misery. Um, one of the Grado generals uh, comes up to us, uh, Cormag, mm. who is kind of a famous character in this uh, in this zone. We can recruit him. Um, he is pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, we... Uh, it's very uh, it's a defense chapter, so we have to hold out for a certain number of turns um, or kill a specific uh, AS uh, who is one of the generals. And that yeah. will end the chapter. OK, so um, killing them really early. Cormag ends up showing up. So that cheats us out of Cormag, mm. uh, which is a bummer. Um, and AS is hard. So, uh, you know, he's got a kind of upgrade weapons. He's got a short spear and a silver blade and a sword slayer. Like, he's very tricky. Yeah. Um, so he's really good against sword player, uh, players. And Joshua was mainly my, like, crit mm -hmm. demon for a lot of bosses. Like, that was dangerous. Yeah. Uh, as it is. And we get some of those. We kind of switch back to some of those machinations with uh, Vol uh, Valter mm. and such. This is when he starts really creeping on Erica. Yeah. being disgusting like you're my girl you know you have to be strong for me like talking to her as if she's not there uh and cormag is getting fed up with his shit yuck uh which i appreciate that's good um yeah but basically we learn that the uh the pablo's attempt to turn carcino against the rest of the world has basically failed um 
So the elder of Carcino is crushing the rebels. Uh, Pablo's faction has uh, mm. retreated, and that's why we fight him here. That's good. So, yeah, it's kind of you go back into that geopolitics stuff, which I appreciate. Yeah. But when, um, it's, when it's playing in that space, I'm good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. And it's more, other than that, though, it's a survival map. Mm -hmm. So I, I basically turtled up and then also made the attempt to go grab Cormag. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Cormag is pretty good. Nice. Uh, my chapter 13 was Floor Spar's Oath. Uh, each of these generals that uh, uh, works for Grado kind of has a nickname based on a uh, gemstone. Uh, Floor Spar mm -hmm. Selena. Uh, she is this female um, general that we have seen before. Um, she's conflicted, although she has this just dying loyalty um, or undying loyalty rather to to Grado, specifically because Grado, the, like the king, when he was good, like saved her town, you know. Mm. So we're at this marsh. She's here to get the Dragonstone. Uh, Murr approaches Selena's like, hey, can, can I have that back? Um, and Murr says like, hey, th this darkness that, you're, that your king is playing with is incredibly powerful. You know, the emperor that you knew is gone. Uh, but Selena will not turn her back on him. Uh, we end up uh, having to fight her uh, when Ephraim and, you know, and Seth approach. Uh, Selena can control thunderstorms when you get close, which is weird. She just has like a thunder spell that has a very high reach. Um, and uh, this whole this whole map is like a big spiral. Like she is resting at the center of it. You are on the outside corner and you have to make your way into the center of the long way. Um, and also, this is a map where you have to kill 44 enemies, including her. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you have to like wipe this entire map that is incredibly densely populated. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's a little bit, you know, it's, it's buoyed because it's a, it's an interesting map design. Uh, it's buoyed by Selena's story being good. Um, you know, I like her as a character, but boy, it's a lot. <laughs> mm. Uh, I tried to talk to her to recruit her. I'm happy that you can't, you have to wait until the creature campaign like the post game kind of thing to do that where there is no story. You're just going around. Uh, but yeah, you end up killing her and it's a bummer because she mm. was a good person who just worked for bad people. Yeah. Uh, the final individual chapter here, queen of the white dunes is pretty good. A large indoor castle map. Um, in the last thing uh, we had some reinforcements from, from Austin who came and helped us fight off the, uh, the rest of Carcino's dregs. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to go to Jehenna hall which is still under siege. Hmm. And uh, this is kind of interesting. Um, the hall has been captured by Grado, and we want to rescue the queen. Um, but the queen was betrayed by one of her own generals, a real creep uh, named Carlisle, uh, who was this guy who was one of her generals who was always in love with her and took uh, the Grado option to, like, basically have her. Hmm. You know, uh, they have this dialogue where he talks about how he's always loved her Yuck. and stuff. He thought he would be fine being her servant, but cannot. Yeah. You know, so basically gross incel shit uh, and you you murder him for yeah. it, uh, which is good and appropriate. Uh, but mostly it is just kind of going through, um, you know, narrow hallways. Uh, the same thing with distance, uh, you know, uh, range fighters shooting over walls, that kind of thing. We get a lot of flashbacks uh, with Lion mm -hmm. in this um, kind of trying to set up that relationship between uh, her and uh, Erica. Mm -hmm. And eventually Lion does show up. Right. At this point. And he is uh, Erica does not, you know, do the thing where he figures out that he's just he's gone evil. Yeah. You know, and, and we'll this will have huge effects later, but just kind of is is oh, lion. You know, yeah. you have to be good. And it's like, well, he's speaking with a demon voice and saying extremely evil things. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
One an interesting thing too is there's a thief uh, character oh, yeah. in this that you can uh, recruit called Renek, um, who if you talk with uh, La, La Rachel, La Raquel, uh, you can recruit him for free, but otherwise you have to pay him. Oh yeah. Which I think is kind of interesting, but I also don't need. I definitely don't need a second thief. No, I've got Colm uh, at this point. Yeah, I barely use Colm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he can uh, disappear forever. Like he can just escape after after getting his payday. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, yeah, and uh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue in this chapter about mm-hmm. that kind of setup and yeah, everything. Yeah. Um, so this is again, it's back into that world state, kind of just dealing with this other kingdom yeah. that we have not spent very much time on. Yeah. They have their own kind of little side story here that is interesting. Tactically, it basically felt like any kind of hallway-rich indoor map. Yes, to me. That um. So, so the lion who showed up for you is not actually lion. That is the demon mm-hmm. king pretending to be lion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's uh, uh he's eating his soul. Like as we'll find out soon. Like he's mm-hmm. actually he's possessing him. Mm-hmm. But he's like eating his soul. So it's it is it is lion. It's uh, lion's body. No, no, it's not lion's body. It is like a manifestation. It is weird and dumb. <laughs> okay. Do yeah. we do we later find uh, yeah. him? Yeah. Uh, okay. the, the the real line is over here in my uh, gotcha. in my chapter. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, might, I, I might have missed that or forgotten it. Yeah. It, the, the way that it articulates and like just doubles back on itself is really is not that great to me actually. Mm, yeah. Um, but this takes us to chapter fourteen, uh, father and son, where we're actually at the castle, we're at Grado Castle. Um, Ephraim kind of gets this recollection of um, Lion asking him for lance lessons. Um, and this really sets up, uh, like the inferiority complex relationship that Lion has. He really admires mm-hmm. how strong Ephraim and Erica are, uh, and he wants yeah. to be, you know, to, to be strong, to have the strength to be a leader. Um, he, you know, he's really worried about having the strength, so he needs to get stronger. Um, cliche, cliche, cliche. Um, so this is an interesting map. Uh, there are several gates here that are heavily guarded, so you have to pass through these bottlenecks. Uh, the throne room has some casters. This is very, very frustrating. That will berserk you. Mm. Um, uh, cast berserk on some of your dudes, making uh, making them attack your own people. If you're leading with your strongest folks, what happens is there's just a random chance that they will be turned into a murder monster for four turns. Um, yeah. Th- thereabouts. And a berserked ally is still treated as an ally for movement purposes. So even if you have all of your most vulnerable people like bulwarked behind you, no, they'll just run through uh, and kill them. <laughs> that is a huge bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's almost uh, it's, it is shocking that it got through testing. Yeah. Yeah. That's frustrating. That's how I feel. That about is it. very frustrating. Like lots of quick, quick loading, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, but no, you're trying to seize the throne um, from Vigard, the, uh, the 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 emperor. But when you go and take him out, his corpse disintegrates. Mm. And a conversation with Lion as he approaches, with his hair all disheveled and looking all sleepy, uh, uh, reveals that Vigard was already dead. He died six months ago. Oh, um, that, that's kind of neat. Yeah, like I, I like that kind of thing. So, so yeah. Lion wants to take over the world. Uh, and right now, as he's talking, he says he only befriended Ephraim and Erica to learn the weaknesses of Renai. Then he teleports away. So I never liked you anyway. Nah, nah. Uh, at this point, you've captured the castle. And uh, like this dark alchemist, Noel approaches and explains like, yeah, the guard, he died of this illness. Uh, and Lion turned the Grado Stone, which was the fire emblem, into this dark stone to resurrect his dad. And, you know, and like all of these, all of these, uh, you know, basically all the resources of Grado were, were, were tuned to this. 
and that is the source of all this dark energy that uh, that Murr can sense. Uh, and they take mm. us deep into the castle where the emblem was housed, and we get the first uh, pair of these, you know, of these weapons, uh, a tome called Glepner and an axe called Garm, which none of my yeah. characters could use. <laughs> Garm and Glepner, yep. the classic comedy duo. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, super weapons that you get in this are cool. Mm-hmm. They attack double. Yes. Uh, in this game. So if you get a double attack, you get to attack four times. Love it. Which is pretty rad. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this <laughs> Christ, <laughs> Frankenstein. Frankenstein awakens. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so at the end of this, a herald arrives uh, saying, like, hey, the remaining generals have cornered Erica and Inez uh, to Hannah Hall. So we're going to go up and meet you and rescue you. Mm-hmm. And we now move to chapter 15 where we rejoin. Yeah. Uh, scorched sand. Um, so this is a sand map. Uh, mounted units are not able to do much. They move very slowly. Mm hmm in this so seth says hey we should bring magicians and uh you know flying units to this yeah uh so i'm interested to see if this was different for you for me erica was in the north and then we had kind of these two encampments uh with uh Kalak in the northeast or in the north in the northwest rather and Volter in the southeast um yeah i i think these are the same ooh. for us from this point out nice. so yeah i started there so yeah. you know and i i and you can you know at this point you get you know, you get both of them mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, you, Erica on her own is not strong enough to take out either of the, uh, either of the, um, two sides, or mm-hmm. I guess the, 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 the Lord that you are not playing as is not strong enough to take out, uh, either of the two sides on their own. So you do have to do a little bit of maneuvering to meet up. Um, mm-hmm. but otherwise, you know, you want to clear out all the enemies and kill both of these, uh, two generals. Um, you know, there are more swarms that will come in. Yeah during this um you know through this sand uh there's this big morass of sand in the in, in kind of the the center which if you get out there you get some items but it's a pain to get out there yeah um and uh, you just have to kill everyone and mm-hmm. then once you do you get the other two weapons that you didn't get i forgot to mention them but i also grabbed two weapons yes uh so this gives you the the four uh new weapons are just different types so they have mm-hmm. the similar properties they also do a stat boost yeah yeah so it'll be like plus five defense or what have you the uh the lord fights are interesting Volter goes down yeah, without too much trouble uh Kalak, mm-hmm. uh is, he used to roll around with joshua or Murbadon. Mm-hmm. uh so you want to send joshua in to get that dialogue at least i did but Kalak carries a weapon or carries an item that prevents critical attacks yeah, yeah, yeah. Additionally, so the, he can throw the, axes at you. It's really tough if you the do trick what the to story that is tells to, you to uh, steal it. Yeah. Uh, if an enemy has a specific like like status affecting or protecting item, mm-hmm. you can actually send in a thief. It's tricky to do so, but if yeah. you you know, that's why that's why I ended up doing from is sending Coleman. Yeah. At this point, who was not, you know, I had used for a while. Eventually, stopped leveling, but I think he stopped leveling him like right at this point. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember using him for this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we talk about our experiences with Lion, uh, I had talked to the projection. You had talked to the real one uh, who was you know, definitely making the, 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 the actual evil choices mm-hmm. and they kind of compare notes. And we realize that our only hope is to use the remaining sacred stones against this dark stone. Right. Uh, moving on to chapter 16, ruled by magic or madness. I love this chapter. Yeah, this is neat. <laughs> So uh, Orson, remember our sleepy trader from before, uh, he has been manning uh, the the, the remains of Rene, uh, you know, since he betrayed us. And he has lost his mind with grief. You know, his wife died six months ago. Recall, you know, he talked about that being the source of his betrayal. He will not leave his room. And when we see him, he is actually talking to her. And we never see what she looks like. But it is implied to not be good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly cool. Yes. Um, you know, that that is a trope I am down yeah. for. But Lion yeah. is just manipulating him. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it's real bad. Yeah. Lion's a real piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And not like a three-dimensional character that I really like. No. So much. <laughs> uh, sorry, fandom. Yeah. The, um, yeah. Uh, so then, uh, you know, we do another fight here. Um, there it is in a very well-guarded castle. Um, some of the uh, layouts of these castles are very funny. They look like rampart levels to me. Yeah. Um, just like really <laughs> randomly created castles in the rampart engine. Yeah. Uh, the uh, And it's really well guarded, but yeah, yeah we have to yeah. make our way. Make there, our way there's in. like a short way in that's through a bunch of trees and like mountains and stuff. Uh, and through the back, there's a long way that takes you through more, but more people can get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the the throne is just completely surrounded by healers. Yeah. Um, um, big deal. Yeah. Uh, Mer joined us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, recall, and Murr has a Dragonstone, which is incredibly powerful, like has 50 uses, is unique as far as I remember, mm-hmm. but gives you huge bonuses. So her actual base stats are really crappy, but then she has, you know, she has like really, really low strength, but she gets like plus 10 or plus 15 strength. Yeah. Just because yeah. she has this Dragonstone. It's pretty incredible. And she turns into a, it lets her turn into a dragon to attack and defend. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which is my was my boss killer from here on out. Oh, yeah. Basically. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you go and you, 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 you kill Orson, uh, and Ephraim mercy kills, uh, Orson's wife basically saying, yeah, he was mad, but I think he was happy, uh, which is not good. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not a compliment, but it is a good line. Yeah. Um, and so the people of the kingdom hail us as heroes. We have taken Renee back and, yeah. you know, Seth says, Hey, go use your bracelets, open up that stone chamber, get them weapons and get that stone. Um, and also get your upgrades. Mm-hmm. So you turn mm-hmm. into great lords, which means you grow horses, but bet- between your legs, between your legs, uh, this is, you know, this and a couple of missions before this is when everyone is starting to upgrade. Yeah. yeah. You know, at, at this point. So there are individual choices we made for individual units, but like, I don't know, it doesn't feel as consequential. And we're dealing with so many units, even on just in play, yeah. like not just are there like 25 characters or whatever in the game, mm-hmm. but on an individual map, you, you field eight or nine. Yeah you know, characters. So it's like, I don't have the specifics of that in front of me, mm-hmm. which ones I did, but I know that's important, but you know, I did it in a way that allowed me to, to scoot through. Yeah. Basically. Um, so the, uh, you know, you become a great Lord, which are very pow- powerful and having horses and we have to go to Rouston to get its stone. That moves on to chapter 17, the river of regrets. We are now in the final act where we yes. are going to be dealing with Lion more directly, getting into the end game here. And this is where uh, the cliches start uh, Kool-Aid manning through the walls. Yeah, kind of piling up. Yeah. There. So River of Regrets starts out with another flashback. Again, I am I'm just not here for these. Uh, the, the twins, you know, ask Lion, like, hey, is it such a good idea for you to be doing as much with that stone as you're doing? Uh, yeah. And Lion is, you know, like at this point, he is not using it to resurrect his dad. He's using it to cure his dad. Yeah. Well, and this is where he reveals, like, I didn't tell you guys, but actually there is a woman who is horribly burned that I already healed. Yes. With a stone. Like, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, it's it's a Faustian bargain yeah. story. You know, it, and it's it's a real straight up the middle. Yep. Like, attempted to use this power to take a shortcut. Like, it's, it's you know, the theming is very obvious. Yeah. Like, there are no shortcuts in any of this stuff. And if you're, like, if you don't 
if you're not confident, if you're insecure about this stuff, it is dangerous to offer power to somebody who is going to like take those ethical shortcuts. Yeah. You know, you know? and just the, 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 the usual moral, uh, do not, uh, do not rage against death. Do not try yeah. to subvert it or else it will yeah. corrupt you and everyone around you. Yeah. So path to hell is paved with some kind of intentions. I can't yeah. remember how the phrase goes. It's only one of the oldest uh, bits, of, bits of conventional wisdom in uh, history of words. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So, so. Um, uh, anyway, Freylia's border guard is under attack and Lion appears to us. Uh, and like at this point, it's either Erica or Ephraim who says like, hey, this isn't like you. You know, just reveal yourself what's actually going on. Lion's uh, text box change, uh, text box changes. And he says, I am, in fact, the demon king and your friend Lion is God. Uh, this yeah. is a lie. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit confusing. Uh, how like when he goes back and forth and there's a lot of, you know, sturm and drong around it. Uh, but yeah, he is, you know, he, he is convincing you that he is the demon king. Yeah. He goes, uh, gah, rah, of, ev- <laughs> of evil, uh, is what he actually says. It is really silly. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Um, and Erica is very slow on the uptake yes. of this. Like he's just going raw evil and your Erica is like, what's happening? Are you okay? <laughs> uh, and keeps doing it. And he's like, I was wrong to disregard the value of human, any human emotions. <laughs> and she's like, what's going on lion? Can I like, get you a Tums? She, she is so painfully naive during this, that yeah. it is incredibly frustrating. Uh, yeah. yeah. So no good. Yeah. Um, no, so good. No. So your goal here is to kill lion. Um, you have to cross this river. Uh, there are bridge bottlenecks kind of across the map where you're going to be, uh, loaded right into a bunch of, uh, uh, wyvern knights. Uh, and the middle Island has some river folk on it and a in general, whose name I did not write down. Uh, serene, serene. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Who is a, uh, a Falcon knight or a Falco mm-hmm. knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Der is in town. And uh, is very, very useful if you don't already have a good person in this slot. Right. Like, basically. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Uh, so Ephraim, you know, eventually finds the, the Demon King here. Um, it's Otherwise, it's just monsters. Yeah. yeah. You know, monsters, uh, you know, for things. Uh, the Demon King gets away. And uh, we get two more weapons. Right. Taking uh, us to Chapter 18, Two Faces of Evil. Yep, uh, a.k.a. more monsters <laughs> egg and more mountain. eggs. Yeah, yeah. Monster Mountain. Um, so we're just trying to track down Lion's body, trying to find it. We head north to Mount uh, Nilarus, um, which is a volcano full of Gorgon eggs. And, uh, you know, depending on who your main I think this is who your main character is. So in yeah. yours, Ephraim is obsessed with getting Lion back. In mine, mm-hmm. Erica was your main character. Yeah. Really wants to get Lion back. Um, but you were lured into this trap uh, right. because it is just dealing with these monster eggs that... Uh, slowly will hatch on a timer mm-hmm. and become Gorgons, uh, which are really nasty monsters that can uh, inflict a pretty nasty status effect on you. Yeah. So you yeah. want to kill them while they're eggs before they hatch, but other, regardless, you do have to clear this map. Yeah. 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 Not uh, not my favorite thing in the world. No. I'm not that interested in fighting monsters. No. no. Um, which is weird. Yeah. Well, it just, you know, I don't know. They don't play into the plot very much. Nope, it plays into the plot of the Demon King. And stuff, but this is, you know, it is just that media's obsession with having an eleventh hour big bad, you know, who comes in that doesn't have a personality, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So, um, your main character corners the demon king, uh, but gets paralyzed, and this is where Lion crushes uh, the Renee Stone, 
and says, hey, that whole Demon King thing was an act. I needed people to, you know, to not question my actions. If people thought I was possessed, they really, you know, wouldn't fight against me. It's really weird uh, the way he does it. But it's still happening. The Demon King is devouring his soul slowly but surely. It is just not done yet. Yeah. And it's, you know, underlines the fact that all this time he has been acting under his own steam, his own motivation, Mm -hmm. you know, being tempted by this you know, horrible grief that he has and being tempted by the, uh, you know, the power that is being offered. But yeah, no, Lion is not a good person. No, he's, he, and uh, the Demon King is really nursing that lion. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's just really doing slow sips, like basically the entire time. So like chug my dude, like this, this whole, like he's possessed, he's not possessed, he's possessed, he's not possessed Mm -hmm. thing is deeply irritating to me. Yeah. Uh, I do not like it. Um, so uh, he he says uh, when he is a lion, he says, I want you to kill me when I get to the Darkling Woods. I'm going to perform this ritual. Uh, so we go to 19, uh, the last hope here, um, where we go to the Rouston court to grab the final stone so we can do this. Um, and uh, the hunched over uh, kind of uh, Renfield evil general attacks here. This is the climax of him. Yeah. Um, and it's a survival yeah, thing where we have to survive or protect the uh, the ruler of Rouston. Yes, the the, the Pontifex, the Rachel's dad, um, yeah. and you have to survive thirteen rounds. Um, feels a little bit too long to me, but this is a cool mission. It is one of the only like explicitly defensive missions in the game. Mm-hmm. There are only a handful of these. Yeah, yep. Uh, there's a real silly thing. Uh, so the 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 Renfield guy's name is Riev. Yes, and where he uh, he punks a guard. He does the, the millhouse and the camouflage. Like I'm over here, but am I over here? Yeah. Uh, to, to him initially, yeah. uh, and it was very funny. Yeah. Um, and he, the reason why he wants to, we we didn't talk. So, uh, Valter, his motivation was that he likes evil. Yeah. Um, he's evil mercy, loves uh, victory and battle. Um, Riev uh, was kicked out of Ralston. Right. Um, he was like basically kicked out of the church, and he's here to get his revenge yeah. and become the the right hand man of the demon king. Mm-hmm. Displace so. the pope. Yeah. So uh, this is frighteningly light, late, but this is the first time I found a secret uh, secret shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the game. Yeah, there's secret shops. They're just tiles. If you stand on them, you get a menu command that just says secret. That is such, that is such an NES. Uh, uh, it's, and it's, it's a, it is an NES ass mechanic. Yeah, yeah. it's real weird. <laughs> so and so they don't they're, sometimes they're good, but they're never like amazing. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but. You know, one, one more stone saved, uh, one more set of ancient weapons. Um, I stopped taking note of them, but like eventually here, like you get the ones that are good for your main characters. You get your lance, you get your uh, you get your sword, stuff yep. like that. Uh, most of my dudes were uh, uh, completely outfitted at this point. Yeah. The, the big thing. Uh, so her, the rapier you get is called uh, Siegland mm-hmm. uh, here, which is super good. And then you also get the staff, Latano, which is the three use staff that heals your whole map. Oh, yeah. Heals all your guys. So this is super useful to have right before the final chapter of the Darkling Woods. Three heals, two more missions left. Yep. It's good. So chapter 20, the Darkling Woods. Uh, Mm -hmm. Our last step here is to go to the Black Temple in the Darkling Woods. This is where Lion is performing the ritual. Um, And man, after after Final Fantasy V, there's just an awful lot of uh, Mirkwood going on. You know, yeah. we, we, we have the we have the site where the Demon King was killed and his blood soaked in, into every reed, corrupting the place. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and there's a cool guardian here. We've got Morva, this dragonkin, who was the one who defeated uh, the, the Demon King last time, uh, who's kind of here pushed up, uh, you know, acting as guard. He is actually uh, Murr's foster father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tries to talk Lion out of his madness, saying, "Hey, you know what? Like, I don't want to have to kill you, dude. So if you if you cannot, and then he doesn't. Lion doesn't not. Um, yeah, and Lion wins handily. Yes, basically. Yeah, Lion uh, says, "No, I can control it. It's fine. Uh, yeah, he can't control it. It's not fine. In fact, he raises Morva as a uh, as a zombie dragon to guard the temple while he is in there doing his dark rites." Mm-hmm. Yep, I misspoke last time. I thought that we fought Riev for the final time. Last map, it's actually this map. Mm-hmm. He escapes again. Like, he's escaped, like, four or five times. Yes. Um, now we actually fight uh, Riev, in addition to a big undead dragon. Right. Which is uh, more of a... Uh, who has been created mm-hmm. by uh, by the Dark, dark Lord. Tough fight. You have to make it's yourself really fight. vulnerable to not just uh, Morva, but all of the forces around him. Yeah, um, and the, the way dragons work in this is that they have, uh, they always hit, and they, mm-hmm. so the amount of damage you see is what you're going to get. Um, so they have a, an ability that, like, bypasses evasion mm-hmm. entirely. So you, like, it's basically tanks only yeah. for them. That's a, so. that's a good way to approximate breath attacks in this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so, too. I agree. Yeah, what else happens here? Um, it's basically just, like, a big forest map, mm-hmm. more monsters, yeah. you know? Um. I sent Murr against Morva, not just because you have in the notes as maximizing cruelty. Um, I just did it because those was my boss killer. Yeah. You yeah. know, could do, could do a lot of damage and put out a lot of damage on the field. Yeah. But we have these super weapons now, which do a lot of damage. So yeah. if you, it's more about, like, if you can survive than what DPS you can output. Mm-hmm. So um, once you do this, uh, Ephraim or your main character, Erica or Ephraim, seizes the gate to the temple and we move to the final chapter of the Sacred Stone. Yes. This is actually two parts. So yeah. um, we open up with a flashback, you know, to the last moments of the emperor's life. I don't know who we're, who we're seeing this as, um, yeah. and, you know, he and lion, they talk about this vision that they had, you know, this great calamity that was coming to the South of the continent where the emperor, the empire of Grado is, um, and they're like, okay, like we, how are we going to deal with this? You know, Lion's like, hey, you know, we have a great relationship with Renee. They'll, they'll, they'll take us in. And, you know, the, the emperor says, no, like they would never do that. Nobody would accept refugees. We have to find a way to stop this. And that's kind of the root of what's going on here um, is that, uh, you know, the, the emperor passes away. Lion, who has been trying to, you know, trying furiously to keep him alive. He ostensibly is looking out for the well-being of his people. If Grado does not have a strong leader, they will never survive the calamity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Uh, so the uh, we, we head to the temple uh, on the way uh, to Lion, which is full of these Gorgons and zombie dragons. There's two zombie dragons. Um, the uh, fan community says this is probably Mer- Mer's uh, original parents. No. Return to these, which is cool little bonfire side chatting. Yeah. That's having a little lore stirring. I don't see why not. Um, you, I don't see why not either. Yeah. yeah. If there's two uh, two dragon people unaccounted mm-hmm. for and there's two dragons. Yeah, why not? Um, when you get to Lion, uh, he starts talking about whether or not he's gotten stronger. Um, again, you know, just a value <sighs> yeah. that I don't. Uh, I have no sympathy you, you for it. I have no sympathy for Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like becoming strong, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's just I know that's a it's a big thing in a lot of like animes and stuff. It just, it just has to be like there there has to be another word for it. There has to be more nuance for it to pop up as for as much as it does. Yeah, 
I, I like I, I know that I I know that I always give a benefit of the doubt on the translation, but like just yeah, I I have it's not to a poorly I, translated game. Like it, <laughs> it seems like a really well translated game. Yeah. Actually, okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't sell it. No. Good enough for me. Not like I don't, really. I don't think the character is deep enough. Yeah. For me. Um. <sighs> so uh, Lion dies. You know, and as he dies, you ask, you know, whoever kills him, like Erica or Ephraim, you know, to smile mm-hmm. uh, there. But then the Demon King shows up. Yeah. Um, and uh, La Rachel, La Rachel, uh, has the last sacred stone. And they literally do, like, the power of friendship. Yeah. Like, he asks all the people and everyone who survived uh, praise. Um, so everyone says a bark according to their one character trait. Yep. Like this was actually really irritating to me because <laughs> it was like, I, I generally like a, a let's round up and have a, just a revisit of all the characters uh-huh. we've seen, you know, like end of link to the past kind of thing. Yeah. But it was just since, you know, a bunch of these characters I had not spent a lot of time developing supports for, it was just like, you know, someday, you know, when I first met Ross, he's like, well, someday I'll be as strong as my father. And then now at the end of the game he's like, father, I hope I made you proud. And I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, give somebody more than just a, a one dimensional character mm-hmm. line you know these are these are a lot of archetypes yes and that, there's nothing really wrong with that but it's like it's really underlining it to just have everyone just say their statement yeah you know um you know d- d- don't lean on it don't highlight it it can it can just exist and be fine as long as attention is not called um i agree good it reminds me a lot there's like a michael cooperman comic that's like public domain adventures <laughs> and it's uh, uh it's it's uh dracula and hercules and like hercules is like you know, well, I'm going to go do some trials. And Dracula says, sounds good. I'm going to go suck some blood. Just like it makes you think of that. Like we got one thing we do. Let's go do it. I had a really you funny uh, interaction here. So uh, I had loot um, say, say her line, which is, I can't wait to go back to my studies or whatever. Um, and the next person to speak was La Rachel's berserker guy. I forget his name. Um, yeah. and Dolbis or something. Yeah. Did Dobis. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, so, so Lute says, I can't wait to go back to my studies. And then Dobis chimes in and says, haha, me too. Well, <laughs> because, be, be, because, because his, uh, you just like, whatever he said, like whatever the person says before he just co-signs it, which is really fun. I just yeah. like the idea that Dobis is unsatisfied with the life of being a berserker and he's yeah. going to night school. I, I think that's very funny. I think yeah, I got them in a different order than that. Mm. I think that there's like, um, you don't get them in, it might be a randomized order. Yeah. You know? So, but it's a lot of like, we're with ya. <laughs> yep. you. Know, never give up the fight. Um, will magic will prevail. Attaboy. You know, with a lot of yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'll show you the honor. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of that. And it's, I find it deeply irritating. So, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, but this starts the, the the final boss fight against the very large demon king, which you just yep. have to surround and, and kick. Like, it's not yep. that, that big of a deal. He yeah. summons some monster helpers. Uh, he has, like, a weirdly out of style, uh, like, or an off-model uh, battle sprite for when he mm-hmm. attacks you like he's rendered like with a different level of detail like everybody else has like a like a, a super cool like clean clean outline kind of look and he looks like a 3d render that's been donkey kong country into a, into a little the bit game. yeah 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 he's also huge like he is the background yes. and stuff which is kind of neat yeah you know but it, yeah it's not my favorite art style mm-hmm. in the game and the way that turn economies work in like a lot of strategy games is like any single target foe is going to be pretty easy you know, yeah, especially yeah. here at the end. And, and like, you know, imagine the delight that I have where I don't care if characters die. <laughs> uh, so this, this, this was as easy as it could possibly get. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but you take him out. He's not too hard. 
Um, and uh, yeah, then everybody, then we 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 beat the game. Mm -hmm. um, his, we get... his soul has been uh, uh, sealed within the final remaining uh, uh, sacred stone, and his body yep. is dead. Yep, and that's what that's what we need. Um, so then we get uh, these little pieces of dialogue that everyone gets, kind of our roundup. Yeah, you know, it's over, isn't it? Yes, I suppose it's over. We must mm. relay the news. Yes, you know, now it is time to rebuild. Now it is time to go back to our lives. Yeah, um, different relationships will have different endings if you advance their uh, if you advance their supports. Mm -hmm. Yep, a lot of people get married. Yeah, like Joshua and, and uh, what's her name, uh, Natasha. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, if you built up the supports, they get married. And that's kind of the uh, the seeds of the explicit eugenics that you do in the later <laughs> yep. Fire Emblem games, you know, to, uh, you know, those are not dating sims like or those are more dating sims than this is. Mm -hmm. But this one definitely has that romance subplot. It's just a subsystem as opposed to a main system. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And then that is the end. Mm -hmm. We get our epilogues. Uh, uh, for every for every character, um, you know, where they uh, they go, uh, Ephraim, you know, leaves uh, Renai for for Greedo because there's a big landslide. So it's like there's oh, you know, we're going to be really busy. They talk about yes, you know how like it'd be great to relax, but we actually have to start rebuilding after this uh, this huge tragedy. Yeah, and you get credits where you see these little uh, kind of hyper detailed, really attractive sprite arts of different scenes from the game into it for the credits, which I really like. Um, and then you get a little rundown of all the uh, the levels that you've done. All and, the, like, uh, the, the number of turns that the game took for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, just find out what happened to everybody. And it's, you know, it's okay as an ending. I The end of this game left such a bad taste in my mouth that it's like, and I know we scooted through it pretty quickly, which might be disappointing to some people. Like this episode's already pushing four hours. Um, I was really ready to be done by this that a lot of the coolness of you know the feeling of that epilogue or anything did not really work on me yeah um and not just because it's not that long of a a game it's not because of the length it's just because of here's another here's gorgon eggs here's a revenant fight here's just mm -hmm. stuff that just felt like kind of a waste of my time yeah um really long battles like we we went through these very quickly some of these battles are as long as a game of into the breach like they're like 45 <laughs> minutes or an hour yeah it's huge maps with you know just this, this map has seven waves of reinforcements, mm -hmm. like without blinking an eye. Yeah. Like, I don't think the pacing of this game is very good. No. Um, and it suffers more at the end as, uh, you know, you're being shown new goals and new plot tidbits with less frequency mm -hmm. than you were earlier in the game. Yeah. Yeah, we talk, we talk about this and we ascribe a lot of motivation to decisions like this. Kind of the standard line would be to say, like, it, it kind of shows a lack of confidence that, like, hey, we need this to be massive. It doesn't matter if uh, if, if not all of it's good. It just more, you know, more is better than, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and, yeah, just like it, it's it, it starts out very coherent, but it loses that and becomes like mushier and looser as as it goes on um you know by the time you were in that middle by the time you were in that middle section it isn't it is mostly incoherent and you get cool like little micro stories but it just kind of shambles and when things get back on the same track uh you end up with kind of just a really cliche story um, it, it's a it's a weird story with lots of words but doesn't end up feeling very complicated yeah and you know it's 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 a really it ends up being a very strange story because there are a lot of moving parts like mm -hmm. all of the stuff with like the the possible Carcino uh, rebellion and uh, and things like that that I experience on my mm -hmm. half 
were like interesting. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, oh, that's like kind of an interesting idea that there's this like merc- you know, this merchant city where it's like ruled by this council. Mm-hmm. And one member of the council attempts a coup and we get caught up in it. Yeah. But the stakes are all wrong. Like we, you know, it's the kind of thing where that plot element would work really well in a TV show or something where mm-hmm. like we'd get dialogue and become invested in those characters. But I didn't get invested in Pablo. Like I don't right. care about Pablo. It's there's no performance aspect there. Like the writing is above average, but he's not particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. So some of that stuff, it just started like failing on me as the game went on. And part of it is definitely just that pacing letting up and being more frustrated with the mechanics and the challenge increasing in a way that I didn't think was like, you know, uh, cause I, I, I tried to roll with punches. Um, I was unable to roll with every punch though, because if I lost a very powerful unit, it's like, well, mm-hmm. I don't want to train him up. Yeah. Like you said, so just more time repeating myself, more time resetting and stuff. And I just, you know, I didn't, didn't come away from it. Like really liking it. Like I think the first third of it is good. I think mm-hmm. it really kind of, it had me and it lost me. Yeah. You know, yeah, and so like it has uh, like the, the, there are moments in constituent parts that I'm really, really into that I like quite a bit. Um, and when you when I look at the think about them isolated in a vacuum, I have a lot of good, you know, I have a lot of affection for it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, taken taken as a whole. Um, and you can tell you know, like you could even put that in the into the context of like the mechanics as well. Like the battles in this are fun. You're making really neat tactical decisions kind of at the at the micro level. It's just when it like when you try to take it to scale, they scale, yeah. they, they, they scale it to a point that doesn't feel as satisfying to me. Um, and even all of those narrative and character moments, I don't know, like lion just isn't that interesting for me. Again, he's got, you know, detractors and he has really, really ardent defenders, but the idea of the demon King or whatever, whenever something like that happens in this, you know, any, any kind of genre fiction like this, I like, I, I desperately want them to like stick with the good human level, like consequence that is more interesting infinitely more interesting to me than like oh the evil is going to escape and take over the world like the idea that this force uses grief as its wedge to get in yes is super good and they do cool stuff with it see that chapter with orson that's not what it stays about yeah <laughs> like like you like you have a good idea use it um don't don't just surpass it right and make yeah. it about being strong enough to save the uh, to, you know to, to, to save the kingdom it doesn't have to reach that scale yeah, uh, because yep. you, it just you, you erode away. You efface that detail to where it doesn't show up anymore. What would have been very cool is almost, you know, a smaller scale story, which is something that we harp on. And and to be fair, that's not the series. Yeah. You know, the series is about kingdom machinations and stuff. Right, but right. I think media that successfully does kingdom machinations shows us that mm-hmm. you do that. You explain the large by showing the small. Yeah. You know, you imply these big things. And by the end of this, I was so disconnected from every aspect of it. Right. Like, I don't particularly like Erica. I don't particularly like Ephraim. I don't particularly like Lion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think La-, La Rachel is okay. Yep. You know, like, I-, I think that character actually gets a little bit better after you learn that she's not just, like, here to do dumb skits for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Murr is actually kind of good. There's a part where Murr comes back. Um, and because Murr never tell, we didn't mention this, but uh, Murr never tells you like when she's going to go find her her foster father, her master, she just says, no, he left and he he sends his blessings. Like she yeah. doesn't tell us that he's the one who turned into the zombie dragon. Right, right. It's like kind of deft. Like that's good storytelling and mm-hmm. stuff. But the I'm so disconnected from the majority of it. And at this point, that's so little of my experience in the play, yeah. which is just uh, one of the weird things about playing this in the way that I feel is intended without resetting is it made me very conservative. Yeah. And and I tend to be a conservative player of things in general. Like I am the, the person who 
gets through, uh, you know, a day at like event crawler or what have you, or like dishonored. And I always am topped off on items because I scour everything for them. And I'm very careful, you know, um, but it just got boring to play at a certain point. Like the battles, even in the end, were not super fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is that context being missing and part of it just being like, well, you know, I don't want my diet guy to draw, die in one hit from a dragon. Um, so I'm going to spend a lot of time just really, really like plinking this guy down or trying to find a way to, to do it where I can avoid that, that, you know, consequence mm-hmm. as opposed to the alternative, which would be diving in and then reloading, yeah. which also feels unsatisfying to me. So it does. I kind of felt just kind of trapped between different ways to play, all of which were not very fun yeah. for me. So it, it didn't give me I think this is this is the goodbye for me with classic Fire Emblem. Yeah. Like I will play some of the new ones again. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm not hungry for it now because it's left a bad taste in my mouth. But I, you know, someday we'll play Three Houses. I'll play the follow up to Awakening that people liked. Um, I might play uh, replay Awakening, but mm-hmm. I think that classic Fire Emblem for reasons just said and reasons at the beginning of the podcast, not for me. Yep. So. Uh, and that's fine. I'm I, yeah. I'm I'm good with that. I you know, I, I I am surprised at how much I dug the story and characters and stuff like that is very pleasant for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, like we said, I'm, my, my cooldown is probably going to be a little bit shorter than yours. But um, but yeah, classic Fire Emblem. Now nah, I'm just very interested interested to see how they evolved to 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 see how they don't continue to step on these rakes. Yeah. I come away from games sometimes thinking that I'm going to play other ones in the series, and then I never do because I play other games that we're doing for the show. Oh, it's a running gag on the show at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I basically, you know, it doesn't even if I was like, yeah, I'm really hungry for this again. It doesn't. I'm probably not going to play it. Right. You know, it's it just like I'm playing other stuff instead, mm-hmm. and that's okay. You know, it's all okay. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, big thanks to Ben. Yeah, thank you for ben. this. Uh, hopefully, our negativity did not. You know, don't feel that reflects on you at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're a fan of this uh, series, it's OK for it just not to be for some people. Yeah. You know, we can only react with the, uh, you know, with the people we are, mm-hmm. you know, with the minds we have. We can't uh, pretend uh, to like anything we don't like um, or parts of it. And there were things that we did like. And we hopefully you feel good about uh, how we called them out because we I definitely made an effort to. Yes. Um, next week, uh, we are talking about Half-Life 2. Yeah. It is our premium episode. So if uh, you are a patron at the $5 level, uh, you'll get that full episode. Otherwise, you'll get a preview episode mm-hmm. that just covers generalities. Um, in order to hear that whole thing, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Yes. Um, as of early release, you have a little bit of time um, and regular release, I guess. Uh, the deadline for responses for any month's games for the dispatch episode is the 15th of that month. Uh, so if you have thoughts about this month's games, uh, which include Gunstar Heroes, Fire Emblem, the Sacred Stones. Hey, that's this episode. And Mm Half-Life 2, go to duckfeed.tv slash contact and write us in there. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have things to say about next month's games. Yeah. Which include, uh, I cannot cannot remember the order we're doing these in. Uh, So it is 2018 Call of Cthulhu. Yep. Uh, Then Silent Hill Shattered Memories. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to all these, but, you know. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a fun month. Yeah. Uh, The DLC for Resident Evil 7, uh, primarily Not a Hero and End of Zoe. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about the other ones as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I played that Escape Room one. It's really cool. Oh, it's so good. So, yeah, yeah, Um, it's really fun. I'll I'll also do the uh, the dining room uh, VR experience for that, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll do a book report on that. Uh, And then the premium episode for that month is going to be Alan Wake. Sans the DLC because you can't fucking make me. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd heard that people liked that before you, before you came along, and I love that. It's just, uh, yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to, it, to revisiting Alan Wake, actually, especially yeah. with Control coming out and that being uh, on my radar as something extremely cool yeah. to play. Um, the Dispatch episode after Half-Life 2 is when we'll announce November's games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have things planned out for basically for the rest of the year, and it's all awesome. Yeah. So very excited. Thanks, everyone, who came out to DuckFest. It was uh, great. It, I loved it. Was it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun. If you happen not to make it, um, if you go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash duckbundle, um, we have packaged up all the recordings from that, and we are selling them uh, as $10 plus, whatever you feel is fair, for those recordings for about six hours of content, and mm-hmm. all proceeds go to races. Yes, an organization so. that provides legal services uh, for immigrants and refugees uh, in Texas. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the recording qualities on, on those aren't perfect. Uh, Cole did the best he could. Mm-hmm. To, to fix those up, um, but we did our best, and we do think they're all listenable, and yep. there's a lot of great content in there, so yeah. uh, experience that vicariously. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, uh, because there's nowhere else for this to go, I, th- I figured you would, be, you would be good. Uh, you would like to hear this, Gary. Um, on my way back home, I flew Delta, because I, know, I just picked, a, picked an airline. That is cool. That is cool. Oh, uh, yeah, let me tell miles. you about Delta. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but be, you know, be, because most of the flight staffs are in, uh, are, are in Georgia, based, you know, based in Georgia, uh, a couple of times on my way back, I just got I got to hear them talk about ska priority and ska miles. Uh, Scott Miles, <laughs> <Yep. dude. laughs> so uh. yeah, uh, I it was just it, it is uh, maybe literally why I picked that airline to get my points on. That's- so. That's very funny. I, to, I, I like Scott Miles a lot. I just want to hear Scott Miles. So, yeah. Um, uh, no. <laughs> you can support us on patreon.com slash duckvtv. That is, the you know, we, we both make our living off of this show and the others. And it is thanks to your support that we can do that. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you get cool stuff. Uh, and the bargain for that, please go check it out if you have not. And if you haven't for a while, consider, consider doing it again. Yeah. And ratings and reviews are also very useful. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, until next time, what should they watch out for, Cole? Um, they should watch out for grief because that's how the devil gets you. Mm-hmm. Umbasa. Umbasa. Mm-hmm.